Welcome to Story Mode, a video game podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, the ghost of 2022 Munro. And I'm joined tonight by the effervescent Kyron, Bill Clinton, Kid Morrison, the ever-sensual Joel, 90s television distortion McDonald, and the, the constantly moist Simon. Stop the votes, Evans. How are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, wow. doing pretty good. Stopping some votes, you know. Like, I am bringing the last I'm, episode wow. of 2022 I'm, energy. Wow. Coming at you fast, coming at you hot, coming at you like a bazooka, like a laser beam. <laughs> How are we doing? Very Damn moist. Fine. Damn fine. See, you guys are like, Jesse hasn't been able to put a sentence together <laughs> properly for the last five to ten minutes. And he's coming in with some volcanic energy. It's hot, baby. It's hot, and I'm loving it. Hot. I'm here Guys, for it. It's the last episode of the year. It's the Story Mode Gaming Award 2022. Yeah, it's hot. For those listening at home, you don't get to hear as loud as they are. My Hawaiian shirt, Joel's beautiful. How would you describe it, Joel? It's like the test pattern for like, uh, old, <laughs> like the like '90s television, like where it's like that the color. That, that's what it is. It's called. I think it's got the the. Do you know when you're on like public transport, you look at the pattern on the on the on the kind on the of yeah. you're like what the it's, fuck is that? No, it's, it's that. literally like it's you know the, the the circle test pattern with all the different colors and the black and white lines and stuff. Um, it looks like a screenshot from Paula Abdul's video clip with Scat Cat. Yeah, we stick together. We go together. Opposite, opposites attract. Opposite apparently, attract, yeah. <laughs> they reckon they had sex those too. They did. They Cat fucked. They absolutely they fucked. fucked. A cat. Surprisely, did it doggy. <laughs> you learn this every day. Woo! Oh dear. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> Kyron, you've had a day today. Has your day become better or worse since jumping onto the call? Look, it's early, it's early days, Jesse. I I would say it's better, but look, it could it could go badly. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, it may, and it certainly almost will. Absolutely will. <laughs> And Simon, I look. I've been trying to do impersonations of you for the last half an hour. Yeah, have any of them been close? Not a single one, to be honest with you, mate. Without making a lisp joke, because that's the the well that you dive into, you f- gremlin. Okay, the, the low hanging impersonation fruit. of me. <sighs> I can do impersonation of me. Hello, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Perfect. No notes. Oh, Nailed it. Oh, oh. <laughs> my partner can confirm that that is my impersonation for everyone. <laughs> I bet. And now I'm Captain America. <laughs> I've known you a very short amount of time, and I feel I feel pretty confident in agreeing with that. Like, yeah. And now I'm Joel. Yeah. You've got any craft beers here, love? Nailed it. Yeah, that's it. Just take one, one like, stereotypical element from that person and then put a <laughs> Cockney British accent over the If top. it works, but it works. a really shit Cockney accent as well. Send it out. That's it. <laughs> Look, like I said, last episode of the year, I'm leaving it all out on the court, okay? You know when you see those marathon runners and they're all... They're running away and they're pissing, and they're shitting, and they're sweating, and they're coming and they're doing all sorts of things. Uh, I right now, okay. I don't. I think you've been watching a different type of marathon, to be honest, mate. <laughs> have you ever seen the marathon runners who's like, oh, like I can't walk properly? Oh, my legs. 
I'll just stop. I'm juicing too. Honest. I'm juicing too hard. I can't run anymore. <laughs> I've never heard that. Joel, you trying to run and come? <laughs> have you tried to run and come before, sir? I cannot say that I have. Because I mean, you're speaking pretty pr- profanely to those right, to the run fair. and comers. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I thought it was only. I think they I called it was the come com- and then run. No, they're called the come and goers. <laughs> well done. You've left the best to last. <laughs> that is Peter, legitimately one of the best jokes I've had in this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, pack it up. Forty-five. Game of the year. That joke. I've absolutely. I've peaked. <laughs> yeah. I've peaked. Whoa. I, I now should retire. You have me a bit of a segue there. We are going to be discussing our game of the year. We're going to be through our story mode gaming awards. So we're going to be going through best performance, best indie, best score slash music, hidden gem, biggest surprise, and of course the game of the year, the coveted. Story mode game, game of the year. We'll be giving you an award to the third, second, and first place in that category. But before we do do that, I want to go around the room. Joel, we're going to start with you. 2022 in a nutshell. Gaming, personally. How you, how are you going to remember 2022? Um, I don't know. It felt like the, this year felt like the years where... Um, I'm not going to get out here and be like, COVID's over because it's fucking not. But like, No, I just recovered from it. It never, never yeah, existed. Right? I, I just have to it. get it. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's effect, it has affected slash Pandemic, is affecting baby. two of the four people in this call right now. But like it's- I, I We think, all got it, right? This year. Mm-hmm. Twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had it Once back on in my birthday, It, was, it sucked. Yep. Shit, Joel's, Joel's going for the platinum. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, just gotta, I just got to survive it. Got a survivor difficulty mode to go uh, left. Yeah, I, I, I think if you get it three times, then you unlock your superpowers. Oh shit! Twenty twenty three's new game plus baby. <laughs> the game, the game turns, the game turns from a turn based strategy into a first person shooter. It's like that's the turning point. Spoilers, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but no, I feel like it's it's it, in terms of video games, it feels like the year where all the stuff that was supposed to happen in the last two years, two and a half years, has started to filter out this year. And and it's been great, but it's also been terrifying, and it also makes me absolutely mortified for for February, January onwards next year in terms of like scheduling and things. But um, there's been some absolute amazing stuff across the board. Like it's 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 been a wild year of things, um, good and bad, I guess, in, in the games industry. But in terms of the games themselves, there's been some absolute corkers, like absolute. Corkers. So, yeah, I, I think it's been a pretty, pretty good year for video games. Simon, what are your thoughts? <sighs> Look, I'm pretty much in full agreement with Joel. I think, yeah, we, we've seen a lot of stuff that was delayed due to COVID, you know, finally make its way through. Um, but at the same time, I feel like my perception on games has changed a bit this year because I haven't played many brand new releases. And the few that I have have been mostly indie games. And there has been a few indie games in particular that have held my attention throughout the majority of the year. And that's it. Like, that's all I've played is like... You have majorly latched onto a few games this year and I've liked it. Yeah, there's there's a few which have just absorbed me. And I'm like, I love you. And I'm very happy with that as well. Like, I'm not, not complaining in the slightest. It's just been really good. But that's the thing. I've missed out on, you know, some of the slightly bigger games like Bayonetta 3, which I love the Bayonetta franchise. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I fucking love Xenoblade. But I just haven't had that interest to go, yeah, I'm going to go pick that up and invest all my time into that because I've got four indie games to 
sink all of my time to instead. And that's been my my year. It's just these fun little games popping up instead, and I I love it. Yep. Karen, how about you? Yeah, look, again, to, to be absolutely just an echo chamber, I'm in the same boat, really, as Joel and Simon, although I do say, have to say this year that it was a, it's not not to say it isn't like this every other year, but I really felt like this year the indie quality was just like, oh, like, oh, really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Like even in my in my yeah. top my top five and top ten list, there's again, I don't want to say seem like I shun the indies, but it's hard to fit all types in. But yeah, there's a lot more indies in my list this year than previous years. Yeah, what, I had to I've, I had to cut out a couple from my list. I was like, nah, I've kind of too many indies. What I found out this year, like, so during COVID, I think a lot of the, like, AAA and even AA games were put to the side because development just halted. They, it couldn't be done. Um, and we saw a few games get rushed through and they, they suffered for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was understandable that a lot of developers thought that's wait till, you know, I guess the tail end of 2022 or especially the first half of 2023. I was putting together some notes for... You know, when we come back, we'll do our what's new in 2023 kind of episode. It's fucked. Yeah. I don't want to do that episode. I think we skip it. And again, we talk <laughs> about Avatar 2, The Way of Water, Jimmy Cameron's magnum opus. Um, I'm really <laughs> open to that. <laughs> I had to put it in But what I've liked about this year, it's been a really nice transitional period where I've played some of the best indie games I've ever played. May- I'm going to just put it out there. Cult of the Lamb. I adore that. I love so many good games that are coming out of Australia, not just Australia, but fucking Melbourne, the best city in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we've also got AAA games, two of the best games I've ever played came out this year in God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring. They will go down as, I, I will remember these games in 10 years time. Um, I mean, look, the last time that happened was 2018 with Horizon and God of War. But previous to that, I can't remember another year where two games came out and they just blew me away, and they stuck with me. What year was it? Which was was it? Hang on, let me just double check. Persona Five. What year was that? Was that two thousand and seventeen? Is that Look, the same? Persona Five was, was a great. No, that was twenty sixteen. I'm pretty. Well, twenty sure. sixteen in Japan. Japan. Yeah, twenty seventeen uh, for us. Persona Five was a great two hours. I put, I put into it. <laughs> that, that hurt okay. here it really did it, like you said before the best 7 out of 7 7 out of 10 game oh, oh. Award oh I'm, I'm taking oh all of this right oh and it's, it's charging me up for Ragnarok it's fueling yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kyron's powering up I love it Kyron's going to be your Ragnarok I'm, I'm, and from that comment from those comments Jesse I'm sending him energy spirit bomb stuff like, I'm just like <laughs> I'm just like I'm coming in. I'm coming in. Taking down. <laughs> no, I think this has been a. I would love future years to be a lot like this one in the in the gaming space, where you have a really healthy mix of AAA titles that blow you away. Those AA one games that kind of come out of the blue, like okay, that's better than I expected. And then those indie indies and surprises, like you got surprise games like Marvel Snap and Vampire Survivors. No one would have picked them to be as good as they were or as big as they were. Mm-hmm. Then you got indies like you know. Call of the Lamp, I, I started playing um, Signalis today. Kyron, I apologize for waiting so long. I get it. I am so good. <laughs> okay. I feel like for those who've watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia, when Frank sees, um, uh, uh, not Dennis, um, Rob McElhinney's Mac. character, Mac, Mac, do the dance in the last season. 
Oh and my he's like, God. I understand. That's how I felt. Like, I just, it clicked. I clicked. Also, what a beautiful episode. It's, um, I think too, like saying about that, the, the fact that like a lot of people, like a lot of outlets and things like that are, are sort of having that conversation of game media stuff at the moment. And it is like a very healthy conversation between things like God of War, Ragnarok and Elden Ring. And it's nice to have those years where it's not like a clear winner where it's just like, mm. well, that's, that's the winner. Like that's the game of the year. Any like, other year, these games would have won mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Walked away with it. But we're going to have a very robust discussion at the, mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. Of course, we're going to be going through the Story Mode Gaming Awards. The way we're going to do this, we're going to go through category by category, talk about our nominees. We just went around the room, put together a list of our standards for the year. Of course, there are dozens of games and names and individuals that haven't made our list, but have still been absolute standouts. Putting together these lists, collating them, hurt. Mm. There are so many people I want to give a nod to. Games that deserve to be on a list, but we had to narrow it down. This podcast will go for five hours. Hey, you know what? Still could. Um, <laughs> much like Avatar 2. Sorry, Joel. I, I'm just twisting that knife like 360 right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, but let's let's kick it off with a, a little award for best performance. Our nominees are... Can somebody give me a drum roll? Beautiful. Christopher Judge as Kratos, God of War Ragnarok. Danielle Nicole Basuti, Freya, God of War Ragnarok. Harry McIntyre as Noah from Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Fiona Renee as Jay from We Are OFK. Manning Gage as Marissa Marcel from Immortality. Controversially, Jennifer Hale, Bayonetta, <laughs> Bayonetta 3. Well, Bayonetta's. I may say, mm. Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. And Richard Ooh. Schiff as Odin from God of War. I Just before we start discussing this, the fact that I didn't put in um, Sunny as yeah. um, Atreus or uh, blank in his name. Um, oh, what are the, the dwarf's names? Oh, Brock yeah. and Sindri's. Yeah. Sindri. Yeah. Sindri. Sindri. Okay, Sindri. not getting into God of War spoilers here. We are going to do a God of War episode. It will be delayed, but I don't give a shit. We need to discuss the game. Yep. Sindri was incredible in that game. Absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, we had to give it to, to, to Judge and Schiff. But let's go from the top. Christopher Judge as Kratos. I mean, what more needs to be said? How did he? T- how did he top yeah. twenty eighteen? I <sighs> now also heads up for all dear listeners or people at home watching us on Twitch.tv forward slash Stormroad AUS. There will be minor spoilers to this game because I do want to mention yeah. one thing here, um, and I feel there's a really, really nice touch in this game. It's very well written. Did you notice he only says "boy" once in the game? Yes. Yeah. Oh really? And when, yeah. he, when he disobeys him directly, yep. it, yeah, it, and it's, it, it, yeah. When when he says it, it is a gut punch. Yeah, because he's lost faith uh, in him at that point. Exactly. Karen, very I think very I, powerful. I think I messaged you, Kyron, when I when that happened. When I got that moment, I was like, "Oh my god!" The first time he says it, and it's and yeah, you're right. It's the only time he he says it in in the entire game, and it's uh, yeah, it has so much weight to it, especially considering it became like a bit of a. A joke, a, a, a fun yeah, joke. Yeah, and a 100% meme, and like, a meme. Yeah, but like to bring it back around and give it 
weight and meaning again was like, whoa. And there were a few things that they sort of like call back to like moments from the first game as well um, that I can think of off the top of my head. But um, they do the same thing where it's just like, oh, wow. Like, and you say, how could, how can he top 2018? I mean, like, I'm not saying that it's, you know, his performance is incredible, but like the story and writing behind it and the direction of what they were doing for this mm. game and what they were trying to say, I think is also something that needs to sort of factor into it because I, I think that's how they top it is. It was just a fantastic team firing on all cylinders and just, you know, delivering this product that was phenomenal. Like, felt like I have a so better pink- word. Yeah, I mean, like, on, on that note, as someone who hasn't played any of Ragnarok, all I've seen have been, you know, trailers and, you know, a few a few of those key moments sprinkled in. There's one part in particular that sticks in my mind um, where um, Atreus says, you don't understand. And he responds with, I don't understand. And yet still I follow. And it's like, like a fragility, fragility to his performance. Yeah. Like, I've never seen it in Kratos before. Um, the way that they have dealt with, like, so in 2018, God of War, it's basically Kratos realizing that emotions are a thing. Because <laughs> he, he, he is a robot. And there are flashbacks in this game that actually show how much of a robot he was. He was, a, he was broken. He was trained to not have these emotions. Yep. In this one, he is so comfortable with them and he's able to express them without like it's so weird that how Kratos and Christopher Judge is a major part of, of why this is is such a beacon against toxic masculinity mm. would you like I re- recently went yeah. back and I was watching a few scenes from the old God of War games I loved them I absolutely loved them completely different character though nowadays of course he yeah. hasn't just become a good person he's become a a great person who is who's open and honest and he's he's able to point out his flaws and his weaknesses and his his fears to sort of and adapt judge judge that was such confidence and and like conviction oh. in his voice and to- also like christopher judge as well like I, I i haven't seen much of the game awards i haven't sort of set the time aside to go through it all but one of the few things that I have seen was Christopher Judge's acceptance speech I and just the emotion so in that alone. And I'm like, what a dude. Like, what, what an absolute top lad. Christopher Tom, Judge, one of, of the lads, absolutely should play Kratos in the live action oh, hello, series Oh, well. he's just one of the lads, eh? He is. Oh, he's he's a top fucking lad, that man. Top <laughs> fucking lad, eh? Oh, look out. Here comes Christopher <laughs> the- Judge. Hello, I'm Christopher Judge. <laughs> hello. <laughs> And they're all Kratos. <laughs> That's a perfect Christopher Judge impression. Love it. Oh, and that's boy, it. We're gonna hey, kill boy. Odin in it. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> <And> oh, boy. <laughs> wow, Karen, what did you think of our performances just then? <laughs> Look, I think you were nearly as good as Christopher. Brother Four. <laughs> nearly, <laughs> nearly. We got there. Not, you fell a bit short. Got workshop of old Judgey. Oh, I mean, I think he hit it out the park in God of War Ragnarok, but like. As you said, it's really hard to talk about some of the aspects where he really nails it without spoiling some incredible moments in this game. But yes. needless to say, his performance is just like, yeah, it blew me away every time. Well, just every I mean, every new sequence. As I mentioned before, we could easily put almost, but not almost, every single 
actor from God of War Ragnarok. Easily. Um, mm. But we will skip across to Danielle uh, Nicole Bazuti. I'm definitely pronouncing that name wrong. I apologize. He played Freya. Uh, there are the part to start of the game. You're being chased by Freya, who clearly has a vengeance for you at the moment. And she yells at Kratos. And it is the most heartfelt, like, you felt that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was, it, was one, it was one word. And you could hear the pain of a mother who lost a son in it. And it, like, like floored me. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, Christopher Judge and, and Daniel and Nicole Bissudi are both, like, phenomenal throughout the whole game. But, like, I think whereas Christopher Judge's performance, like, ascends in Amped the third up. act, it's, I, I think, the start of the game. The first act with, with Freya is incredible. There's a scene with, um, I won't go into details, but there's a scene with... Um, she has with another cat with Atreus, and it's like holy shit, more. incredible! Like I just wish they wow. let her spread her her wings more in the um general gameplay dialogue. Yeah, because yeah. she's yep. a a wolf when she's talking. Yep, in in the cutscenes, but during the the just general gameplay, really soft spoken and just doesn't have the same kick. And I understand because it's it's all like context sensitive and stuff like that. It just didn't have the punch but a character who had the punch i think in every single scene he was in just sticking on god of war for the moment was richard schiff as onan a oh. very very oh. very interesting take on odin Kyron, what mm-hmm. do you think of richard schiff oh good i Dick mean schiff. T- took him for like you know mob boss sort of direction it was really a really interesting take yeah. on odin yeah he was a character that would have felt right at home in something like the sopranos or breaking yeah, down or something like sure. that or, rock a, or crime boss rock a city <laughs> absolutely yeah with michael madsen um <laughs> it's and vanilla rice uh friend of the show yeah Kim and, friend of the show. um yeah he just he was he was slimy and greasy there are there are layers to that slimy and greasiness as well and then i think where things end up is Wow, like he just puts in this fucking masterclass of a performance as well, and I, yeah, I phenomenal acting from that very first scene that you see him in, which I won't say where or when or how or what. Um, but like from that scene, well, m- minor spoilers go for yeah. Come on, like it's, it's very early. In the game. Well, I mean, I'll, well, that's what I'm gonna say. It's very early in the game. Like Odin shows up within the first couple of hours. You are loving like, that. Wow. Like, for memory, and I, I try to stay away from a fair bit of the uh, initial marketing of the game, but we all knew what Thor looked... We, we knew Thor from the ending of 2018. Yeah. Um, it's, quote-unquote, secret ending. And then Thor was a big part of the marketing because everyone's like, oh, fat Thor. No, terrifying Thor. Holy yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We saw Odin, but not much was made of him. No. Nah. So when he steps into the room in the... Um, what I've called the inglorious bastard milk moment at the mm-hmm. start of the game, the conversation. And he comes and in and he's, he's that slimy businessman who just takes control of the room. Like you have a room of, again, my minus spoilers here, Kratos, uh, Thor, and Atreus, and Mimir. Four very powerful people. Well, three yep. and a half very powerful people. I've watched that show, three and a half men. Um, <laughs> Fuck. And... He takes ownership of that room instantly. He runs the place. 
And the fact that the power in his performance was incredible. And then you also you got that real like terrifying side of him, like that quietly terrifying moment where he didn't have to show you his power just to for you to know how powerful he is purely just from his words and how he was performing. But then you also get to see his not such his weakness, but his curious side. I guess later in the game, mm-hmm. as he wanted to discover things, yeah, and it was it was a fascinating angle to take. He's and I love how he, that, that that character is introduced. There's no big fanfare or anything like that. He's just like Thor's there, and then suddenly Odin's there, and you're like, wait, what? Are we okay? Which is this is where we're starting. It was, it was a really all fun right. way to rip that bandaid off as well because it was you were you were playing the game being like, all right, I know that Thor's going to show up early, but man, I wonder when we're going to meet Odin. And then yeah, just to do it like that, I thought. And to have him, yeah, come in and just sort of dominate that entire scene was just incredible. Yeah, straight to business, yeah. Incredible scene. Now, Karen, this one's for you mainly because you've played the game and this was your nominee. Harry McIntyre as Noah in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Can you tell me a bit about that performance? Yeah, look, it's so... I One of the things I've always appreciated about the Xenoblade games is their selection of voice actors. And I'm not going to stand here and say that they're always the best you know, there there is one standout that like I cannot, I hate, I hate listening I'm actually, to. I'm really curious which one is it. Um, Rex's English voice actor yep. in yep. Xenoblade no, Two. Yep. No, I absolutely, absolutely cannot stand. Like it was so bad, I had to change the voiceover to Japanese. Well, you'd be happy um, to know but, that Noah's great. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing because I've like I love Xenoblade One's voice acting. I love. Most of the other voice actors in Xenoblade 2, Xenoblade X's voice acting, the bits of it that I remember, pretty fun. And everything that I've seen about Xenoblade 3's voice acting has also really stuck out to me. So, yeah, sorry, carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> no, too fair. much. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling you were going to say Rex because I'm, I'm right there with you. Nothing personal to the voice actor oh. of Rex. Um, but, you yeah, know, Harry McIntyre anyway, sure. as, <laughs> as Noah, it... It was one of those performances where I didn't think it was too standout for a bit of a game. I thought it was doing a very good job. But um, I hit a particular chapter like just last week. And I know I knew it was sort of coming because I had seen people banding, like throwing around like chapter five and six. When they were talking about the game awards, they were like, McIntyre would have deserved like a nod. And I was like, okay. Now, again, I love the Xenoblade games, so but I'm very curious to see what, what, people, what might make people say this. And having, having played it, it's actually pretty impressive how he... It, again, it's one of those, it's much like God of War, where it's really hard to talk about why without spoiling it. But it's a very particular sequence. And God, how do I, how do I phrase it? <laughs> it's basically at a, it's when a character's at their lowest point and he's, he's, he just absolutely drives it home with his performance in a way that no other Xenoblade game really has done. Not Because I mean, all the, all the characters, every JRPG protagonist has like a low point, right? It just it's part of the the comings and goings of that the hero's that, journey. Yeah, but just the way that yeah Harry sold it to me in just like one or two scenes, I was just like, holy shit! I did not think I would come away from Xenoblade Three feeling emotional from the performances rather than just like what I was watching happening on screen. But his his performance was just so good that I was just like, no, I've got to. I know when it comes down to votes, I know how this is really going to go. But I wanted to at least give him the nod because yeah, he his performance blew me away in that game. And he also sort That's of plays as like two, again, two characters that he sort of does. And it's, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> now, Simon, to throw this one to you, you were, you were the big We Are RFK fan. I was a big fan mm. of the songs, but I never played the game. Fiona Renee as Jay. 
Yeah, so uh, without, again, trying to, trying to avoid giving away too much. Um, so We Are OFK is we are off, a... I believe it's yeah, announced. Um, an, respect. <laughs> an interactive biopic of uh, the formation of We Are OFK as a band. And these characters are... Um, they're meant to be sort of like the gorillas in the sense that like they're not real people, but there's a real person behind each of these characters. And the character of Jay has some really just profound moments that made Fiona's voice acting just stand out. Just next level for me. All of the voice actors in We Are OFK do a really good job. And One of the things I've heard I, about the game is because like there's four main characters, right? There's four people in the yes. band. Yeah. And I, I've seen people online like they really connect with them. They're very mm, personal 100%. characters. And I guess that is definitely helped by the music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll get to the music about, about from this game later on. It was very good. Yeah. Very, and, very good. And it's one of those things where it's like, because, because you do get sort of, because it is a biopic and you do sort of get this little insider look to sort of how things are going behind the scenes and the interpersonal relationships and the drama and stuff like that. These characters do feel really relatable. Um, but yeah, I just I just think just Fiona Renee as, as Jay, she just knocked it out the fucking park. And the standard in that game is already really damn high. And she just gets a few moments which just eclipse everything else. What is so? I, I, I've I've seen like bits of the game. I've seen like the film clip stuff. What instrument does Jay play? Uh, so Jay is the producer for the band. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Okay, I know what it is now. Cool. Yeah. So uh, she yes. does yeah, like quite mixing like and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I I love her character. I love all of the characters. <laughs> but um, like I I really I don't know. I I appreciate her character. I appreciate the representation of I guess some of the struggles that she goes through. Um, you know, there's a part where there's there's a, a bit of a falling out, and she's kind of painted to be a bad guy, but it's not true, and you know, she's just doing what she thinks is best for her, and all this sort of stuff, and it's really good, and it plays out really well. Again, it's really relatable, and yeah, I just I don't know, again, uh, just Fiona's performance just really stands out to me. But moving on to our next nominee, none of us have played Immortality, have we? I've not I've yet. played a bit of it. Okay. I I, for me little, personally, I, it is going to go as the biggest miss personally of me for the year. Because I've heard nothing but incredible things about this game. Whether you love it or like it or not, what they've done here is incredible. So I do need to get back and play this this and um, Play Tale. But Man Engage's performance as Marissa Marcel, I've seen nonstop people talk about this because she basically performed three movies worth of dialogue. <laughs> and for that insane. alone, even though we haven't played and then, the game, on respect has to be from the name. On top of that, she's also, yeah, she, so there's scenes and stuff. So basically you, the, the idea of immortality is you're going through the Sam Barlow game from her story. Um, you're like going through like clips related to three movies that as far as you can tell, didn't get a theatrical release or anything like that. Um, and you're going through like clips from the movies, behind the scenes stuff, and then like interviews with this character. I can't remember her name, but, um, uh, and you're sort of just sort of watching these things and the way that you transition. With, with Man, Man and character? Yeah. 
it's uh, Marissa. Marissa Marcel. Oh, sorry, Marissa yeah. Marcel. Marissa. Yeah, so she's so the way you unlock new scenes essentially is like you can pause at any moment and rewind and all that sort of stuff. Um, but when you pause, you can actually select particular items that are highlighted in that scene. So say there's, I don't know, uh, a candlestick in a scene, right? You could, if it's highlighted, you can click on that and it will take you to another scene or another clip that will have something to do with a candlestick or something adjacent. So you unlock bits and pieces and you sort of fill in the gaps and see all this sort of stuff. There's another element to it that I sort of started diving into before I stopped playing it and I haven't gone back to it. But um, I played a Once few I'm hours of it. Once I'm done with Ignalus, it's probably my, name, my next game. It's, that sounds that, really interesting as a concept. Super, it's on Game Pass as well. And it's also it on, the on Netflix. Netflix. Cool. And Netflix. So, yeah. So I think, I think the Netflix thing will be really good for it. Um, I will say this from what I've heard. Don't play it on PC. Unless you're oh, using a controller. That's where I tried to play it, and that's why I bounced off of it, I think. Yeah. If, you, you, okay. if you're going to play this, use a controller or try the Netflix one, because I think the Netflix thing, if it's doing it the way that I feel like it will be, which is like being able to scrub through things, um, I think will work really well, because there's a particular Ooh. element to the game that is doesn't work super well with the mouse and keyboard, from what I've heard. And I could see that happening. Um, but anyway, I, so she's not only playing these characters in these three movies, she's playing the character of this quote unquote real life person, Marissa. Uh, she plays the actor. She's playing the actor acting. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> insane. Like, <laughs> and it's through like different for, time. For, for people listening at home, Simon is farted. Go on, Phil. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's through different time errors as well. So it, it dunked goes- on. And I'm fart. Um, oh, dude, a whoopsie. Um, <laughs> <it's>, um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, I've gone and fucked it, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've fucked it, haven't I? Yeah, um, yeah so like, you, it's, it's over like multiple time periods as well. So it's like starting off with her sort of entering the industry and then middle of her career and then towards the end as well. And it goes from like, mid to late sixties through to like early nineties, I guess in a way. Um, and yeah, so I, I've heard some people like, again, like you said, Jesse, whether people love it or hate it, the game itself, I think what it has to say uh, from what I can glean from it already, it, it could be pretty divisive, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think you can argue that, that her performance is incredible. Like it's, just it's what kept me going. Like I sat for three hours one day when I was home by myself and I was like, Oh, I'll have a look at immortality. And I sat three hours, just like watching clips. Cause that's what this game is. You're just watching clips and then trying to unlock new things to sort of um, piece together what's going on, which may or may not happen. But um, I was just enthralled by her character and her performances needs to be, uh, like highlighted Notched. in some way. Yep. Moving on to a controversial pick. That's right. That's right. We go for cheap oh. clicks. We go for cheap clicks. If you want to give us a cheap click, we're on Spotify, iTunes, we're also on social media at Story Mode AUF. Jennifer Hale of Bayonetta's multiple in Bayonetta 3. Mm. This is what? my Jennifer Hale? Jennifer what? Hale? What? Whoa! <gasps> Crazy! I'm Original stuffed. voice actor came out, said they didn't pay me enough, yada, yada, yada. 
look, let's not focus on that. Let's that no. that is not the focus of this of this nomin- uh, nomination. Jennifer Hale put in a damn good performance. Now, Kyron and Simon, I believe you both played Bayonetta. I had to. Oh, sorry, Joel and Kyron. Jo- sorry, I played a good good chunk of it. Yeah. All right. Tell me about the performance. I mean, you played. I mean, you played more Joel. So. <laughs> I, I mean, look, it's it, it's. Regardless of the person behind the voice, um, it was big shoes to fill because she is such a like Bayonetta's voice and uh, or Bayonetta quite, as a character is very iconic. Exactly, yeah, and and she's got like this this real cheekiness to her that's yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, just, ju- it's just a hair shy of like looking directly in the camera and being like, eh? eh? I'm pretty sure at at least a couple of points. Um, she she does oh, like yeah no absolutely like, I know she does in the first lens. yeah a hundred percent does in the first two games but yeah. my point being that like the humor itself and I guess that the um, acting of Bayonetta as a character just as a whole is kind of like it's just shy of essentially constant fourth wall breaking yeah so yeah, yeah like Jennifer Hale as you said has got pretty big shoes to fill how does she manage I I think. She- uh, so the thing is, I think it's nice to see, and she's had fun before with like characters like um, Rivet in Ratchet mm, and Clank. Was, like, oh god, she was amazing. She Rivet. Rivet. Yeah, yeah, she's Rivet. Yeah, she's Rivet. Yeah, she was yeah, she's eight, she's really awesome. Like, can we give her a character? so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to see her when she gets to sort of like you know take the serious video game character chains off and like have a bit of fun. And I think she does a phenomenal job. I think it was, like I said, big shoes to fill stepping into this, but I think she knocks it out of the park, honestly. Um, and if it means she's, you know, a better person, <laughs> then, then <laughs> sure. Well, you know, if she, yeah, if, if the gun heals fit. Not, exactly. <laughs> it, nah, That's true. If, if she's not going to be a complete trash fire of a human, it's fun. It's okay. Yeah. All right. That's that. But yeah, I think yeah, mm-hmm. big shoes to fill, big gun heels to fill, and I think she does a very, very, very good job. Um, very commendable job. Now, dear listeners, if you're wondering how we're doing the voting at home, it's the voting between us four. We have a little poll system set up on Google Sheets. Thank you, friend of the show, Google. Um, so, Karen, Simon, Joel, pop your votes in, and we're going to move through to our next round. At the end of all the rounds, we will go through our winners, of course, and have a big, big fanfare. And if I'm mixing the podcast, who knows? Maybe I'll put music behind it, like they're trying to get Christopher Judge off stage. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to what be a what is a very, very, very strong category this year? Mm, Best indie. Loaded. Holy shit, guys! Okay, we have Signalis, Chained Echoes, Tunic. We are OFK, Vampire Survivors, Stray, and Melbourne's own Cult of the Lamb. And because Woo. I put a weird emphasis on it, let's start with Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. Guys, Cult of the Lamb, I haven't sunk my teeth into an indie like this since Hades. Yeah. I put all of you clowns into my game, and I sacrificed all you motherfuckers, okay? Thank Fair. you. I, I remember, when, when I first started playing it, I didn't realize that it was going to be what it was. They had to sacrifice people, you know, your followers in order to level up. So I started naming them after people I knew. One of my first characters I named was Sophie, my partner. Anyway, Joel, don't know why your character was flirting with her. 
don't, don't ask questions. Okay? <laughs> don't ask questions. But then she also wanted um, another one of my mates to eat poop. So she was a complex character, like she is in real life. <laughs> Layers. Um, Layers. <laughs> she she <laughs> then... I try to get her back on side. I'm like, no, none of this job is... I know he's in a cool jacket, but come on. I've got a cool white shirt on. <laughs> so I thought I would give her a, a, what I thought was going to be like a blessing and make her my second command. Nope. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I thought I was going to like Elevate her to another state of being She floated up to the heavens And came back down To the bag of bones And we all ate her <laughs> Yep um, I think I think the I, best way The best <laughs> well, the, the best Like comparison I've seen Or the best um, Description of this Whole idea for, for all the followers in Coles of the Lamb, I think it was Greg Miller saying, like, the moment I stopped treating them as, like, Animal Crossing villages and I started treating them as cattle. Cattle. They're resources. Is, that's all they yeah, are. That, that's it. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, of course it is. They are just there to help your own personal. Yeah, and look. Like, every, every, everyone yeah. involved, involved with um, Story Mode Gaming, if you saw my attitude change towards you guys after I played the game, I do apologize. Yeah, um, it's fine. Needed my sweet, fine. my sweet cattle. Um, I was gonna say I'll milk you all. Maybe this is the last episode. Who knows? After party. Yeah. Wink, wink. But I remember I brought Sophie back twice. Resurrected her twice. I went and sent her out for wood once. She came back. And said, oh, I got three wood. Also, I died. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> nice. Um, I got so invested in it. Look, the combat su- stuff kind of sucks. But the town management and the way it it itched that cult. I I I'm, I'm I love cults. Out of context, that's weird. <laughs> I love cults. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Welcome that, to story mode. A cult. No, hey, no I am here my own free I love cults. Cults are all right. If you get approached by a cult, join them. They know. Okay, they know the truth. Um, like the leader. Yeah, I, I get really into in, in the cult stuff. I hope the sequel focuses more on just the town building and the cult management stuff. Again, the combat was just oh, this is a cherry on top. It's a cherry on top, but the cherry is a little bit soft. Okay, it's not the fresh cherry on top. Look, it was this fine. is the this is the the twin stick rogue like um, lover in me. But like, even a like, it has to be pretty bad for me to like go. And I found it like engaging and fun, and I I would spend probably equal amounts of time like trying to run through um, different dungeons and stuff like that and complete different quests and collect different resources that I needed to get back to, to building out my, my cult as well. But yeah, I don't know. Like I can totally see why it's not a lot of people's favorite part of the game, but I still really enjoyed it. I think, I think it, it was just, it was just in comparison to, because we all got addicted to, to um, animal crossing in, in 2020. One? 2020. Yeah. 2020. No, 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. We all got addicted then- to that and we played it in hyperdrive because of a little, um, there was like an illness or something. I don't know. It was, it was, some yeah, sort of like novel. Yeah, nothing. And you could, um, you could make the same argument for like having a higher standard for roguelike, top-down roguelike games in the, from that same year because Hades launched in full release that year as well. So a lot of people... That was the, the roguelike that sort of clicked with them. So now that's the bar. Uh, and the people who like roguelikes, that's still the bar because it, they did it really fucking well. But, I mean, um, it's super giant. Also, never miss. Just want, to, just want to point out as well, as well, this game does get the Australia bonus. 
Oh, that yeah. is true. That a hundred percent. Hundred percent. And then what it can gets I tell an extra- you? Hey, other games. You want the three bonus? Move here. It gets an added us. bonus. Gets an added bonus for us because it's it gets the Melbourne bonus. It gets the, the just down the road bonus. bonus. Yeah. As as the like only person in WA. <laughs> The only um, person with one person. He does the mining and surfs. Yeah, literally, literally I'm the only person. <laughs> I'm from birth. Um, <laughs> look, we have no. You got me meth. Ba- <laughs> basically, got no video game industry over here. So it also gets the Perth bonus. Hey, you've got this. Again, we've got, got nothing. Um, bro- was, it, was it Broken Roads that comes out next year? Broken Roads, I think. Yeah, I cannot yeah, wait yeah. for Broken Roads. Yeah, I... I, I when I, when that eventually that, comes out. I'm very keen on that. Let's move on. As, to soon, as, as soon as that comes out. That'll become my then. personality when that comes out. <laughs> Speaking of games that became people's personality, Simon, Vampire Survivors, you're still playing it? Mate... The DLC the, dropped. The now on mobile I, and with new DLC Vampire Survivors. Yeah, the, the DLC came out, what, three days ago? And I finished yep. it in two. Yep. Um, this is a game that started... I think it came to my attention... Rel- so it came into early access, like, December, halfway through December. So about a year ago, actually, a little bit over a year ago. Um, and it started blowing up a little bit from certain streamers and influencers i think around february march and that's when i was like yeah fuck it i'll give it a go it's like five australian dollars mm-hmm. why not what could what could possibly go wrong 105 Inflation. hours of my time later and yeah. i what have what is wrong with you, you sick fuck you nah, sick nah. fuck nah. Simon, nah. i love you but Mate. you sick motherfucker that How is can you put that much time into that is more time, time than i put in xenoblade <laughs> That's more time than the fucking Elden Ring. Nah, that's nah. half my Elden Ring. Nah, time. Right. Simon, Simon, good work, mate. Good work. Thank you. I'm um, on your side for this. Yeah, hundred percent. Because this game is just fucking ace. It's Talking so about roguelikes, okay? I still don't really love roguelikes. I still kind of struggle with them. That barrier to entry is still there for me, it, despite how amazing Hades is, and Vampire Survivors having that sort of arcadey quality to it right, just Simon, makes if it you're trying to imply that vampire survivors is better than hades i will staple your dick to a cactus simon i'm on don't your side think- but i don't know if i got right what what way to take things out of context there all right <laughs> i'm hoping all right. podcast. i can do it hey, hear him out hear him out all right i can I can your out if i want to <laughs> right my point being that don't get me wrong again hades is like the platinum standard of games, let alone roguelikes, let alone indies. Ooh. However, Ooh. I still, it, there is still a, it takes a lot more effort for me to get fully invested into roguelike games. However, Vampire Survivors having that sort of arcadey quality about it lowered that barrier of entry for me. Why I have spent so much time in it is because. Oh, it's just one more run. It's just having that 30-minute cap on runs is so good for me. Because with a, with a good Hades run, like a good run in Hades, I don't know how long I'm going to be fucking playing that. That could yeah. eat up loads of time. But having a hard 30-minute cap for Vampire Survivors makes me go... So after 30 minutes, it. that's when death comes and like cleans and, up. And kills yeah. you, yeah. It's the end of the round. I, yeah. It, it also too it gives you like on the flip side it gives you 
that sort of adrenaline pumping moment of like, oh, I'm at 27 minutes. Shit's getting wild. I don't have much yeah. health left. And you're like, oh, I'm just gonna get through. I'm gonna get hit that 30 minutes so I can get, I can clear. I can check it off my list. Like, yeah, it's it's great. It is God, really it's phenomenal. Really damn good. Have you played it? No, I have not. I have not played it. All right, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I look. I've seen people who lo- losing their I'm gonna mind gift over it, to it. Steam. and I, I, I actually understand people who are saying it's it's their personal game. The I, I completely get that. For me, I just didn't get it. I, I, I gave it a good go as well because Simon, you you kept going on about it, and they came to Game Pass. There was no reason not to play it. Best Gielan day. Best best Gielan daming. Fuck. Nailed best it. Gielan gaming. Nailed it. Damn it. Best best. Leaving out all the core boys. Best Gielan gaming. Court, yeah. to do. Best best Keelan. Yeah. Best Keelan uh, goes to Simon. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tried playing on PC. And I'm like, okay, I, I I get this. I did a few runs. I'm like, all right, this just feels this is too repetitive for me. And then I, I recently got on mobile, and I'm playing a little bit more on mobile than I had on PC, purely for the convenience of it. And I think it's a really cool game to come out free on PC. Oh, yep. The ads and stuff aren't intrusive. It is Unreal. a very very cool port. Um, Absolutely. So if you if you if you've played on PC, I highly recommend getting it. Again, it's free. Um, but I going to the toilet has never been more fun. It's not. A, you don't know what I do in there. Um, that's mm. debate. Um, <laughs> but again, you can play Vampire <laughs> Survivors so one handed, so you can still do whatever. That you is do. also true. The you, ungodly can, you can do both. Okay, that you do in there. Uh, I I I can't. I don't click with it. Speaking of games, we don't click with Kyron. Tell me about Stray. Dre is a game where you play as a cute cat. You're strained a relationship with. <laughs> I look. My only beef with Stray is purely from a game awards because I do like Stray. I think Stray is a really interesting game. The novelty of playing as a cat, I was so certain it was going to get old, but it didn't. Just like Doesn't running around it. doing little cat things, like knocking shit off rooftops and just being a oh. general menace was just. I'm like, you nailed it, guys. No, again, no notes. Ten mm. out of ten. Uh, the, the the part about Stray that really surprised me was like where the story actually went and I did really like it and the ending in particular I did enjoy as well um, initially yeah but it's a, more, a more like existential than you would expect yeah I was like I'm super bad to play this I, game I fell in love with the robots cat with a backpack yeah the robot character god it, it, I love that it, the, the atmosphere in that game is it did cyberpunk better than cyberpunk yeah <laughs> It was like it, it, was, it, was, again, it was like cyberpunk slums, but you felt the plight of each one of these robots, like yeah. soulless beings. And but I, they felt I made sure alive. To, they felt to, important. I made sure to take all the little CDs back to that little robot guitarist as well, and just like whenever we would play a song, just like curl up on the uh, the cushion next to him and just like chill out for a while. Oh, love it! Like immaculate vibes right there. And just hearing your cat like meow and stuff like that, and even like there wasn't. There's nothing really in the way of combat, but there are escape sequences. Genuinely heart pounding. They were really, really fun. And for it to be the first big game to come out as part of the new PlayStation Plus revamp, Sony showing a lot, a lot of faith in in, in the studio. Um, credit, mm. full credit to it. It was the zeitgeist for a month. It was the oh, yeah. thing. And honestly, one of the things I really appreciate about this game. Uh, and I again, I'm so glad they went this direction. Was just having the the platforming not be full free control, like just having it be like sort of point in the direction and press a button to just jump up. 
Just yeah, that was such a good choice. I'm so glad they did that and didn't make me like weirdly like just jump around as a cat. Like smart choice to do that. All right, kicking it back to you, Simon. I mean, we've already spoken about this game, so probably going to go about too much more. We are off, as the French say. <laughs> when when this game came too. out, I remember we did an episode and you, you mentioned it. And you mentioned the songs and you're like, Jesse, go listen to them. And I remember listening to them and it's like, oh, this is like a, a, a poppier version of like Chiverches. Friends of the show, Chiverches. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but, but they had like, there's this like the indie pop vibe to them. Really, really like it. Um, what was the one about money? The song about money? Uh, well, there's Fool's Gold. Fool, sorry, Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold is incredible. Uh, I think Absolutely I'm pretty incredible. sure Fool's Gold made like my top five most played songs of 2022 in my Spotify rewind, whatever the fuck it's called. But like, we've, we've had games that have tried Thank to have you. media beyond the game itself. So the one I always go back to is Quantum Break. Where they try to have those like <laughs> TV episodes in between the game, <laughs> and it just <sighs> the game wasn't good enough to hold your attention for the TV show. The TV show wasn't good enough to hold your attention for the game. With with we are OFK, a much more simple game, from my understanding. Mm. But like you were saying before, Simon, the characters are so engaging and the music's so good that you could listen to the music and want to play the game, or you could play the game and want to listen to the music. It was a really really good um, relationship b- between both yeah. forms of media. Yeah, so the way the way it works is um, when it first came out, it was episodic releases. So um, you when you buy the game, I think there was two episodes available. Um, and then the following week, there'd be episode three, following week, episode four, final week, episode five. And at the end of each episode, you would get an interactive music video, um, loosely themed around whatever the, the theme of the episode was. So... Um, the first one being follow slash unfollow was sort of the band kind of coming together and trying to create something fun and sort of figuring themselves out a little bit and, and seeing where that leads. And that's that's quite fun. It's quite a good poppy tune. The second episode, which is uh, the one that ends with Fool's Gold, uh, is a bit more subdued and it's a bit more of a melancholic story. deals with a little bit of heartbreak and disappointment and being let down. And it not only does... Do the characters themselves really handle handle this well and are portrayed again really well? But then the music video rounding that out, that interactive music video, just it's awesome. It does such a damn good job for an and, indie developer to do both things so well. Is, is yeah, a, is a rare thing. Absolutely. absolutely. So Look, just personally, on. it's not. It doesn't get my top votes in this category personally, but it's probably the indie I'm most impressed with. It's, it's yeah. Gameplay wise, it plays like a visual novel. So if that isn't for you, then this game might not be for you. And that is something that you know wholeheartedly I'll own up to. That I don't. Again, I don't. I don't love visual novels, but these characters really drew me in. And the idea of it being like, oh, it's an interactive biopic with music videos and stuff. I was like, oh, this this could be really cool. And it absolutely got me. It got me. Got its hooks into me. And I was waiting like every Friday. I'm like, yeah, cool. And ready for the next episode. Um, <laughs> that was wild. Don't ask what my camera just did. I don't know. Were you, in, don't were you know. watching but, Avatar? <laughs> 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 so for the, our dear listeners at home, uh, Jesse's entire camera went blue, and then. <laughs> His camera flipped, and then Joel's <laughs> camera flipped, 
and then froze, and then they both unflipped. <laughs> very confusing. It's yeah, very I, weird. I, I, I just a quote. Just a quote. I froze Avatar. Of it. <sighs> just a quote. Avatar again for, for Joel's sake. sake. Um, Joel, you have a strong heart. No fear, but stupid. That's Natiri from Avatar. M- memorable quote. Unforgettable. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Said by my third favorite character in Avatar. Yeah. Anyway, the other to two pull us back to video games. the other two no, then, smart man. Jake and who else? Is it, is it Dr. Augustine? <laughs> of course it is. Show some respect. No, it's, it's whoever oh my God. is played by <laughs> Zoe Lord. Zaldana. Because That's the teary I a, think. A, I don't know. I, we I are know. OFK is a game that I really yeah, We are Avatar fans. So that's what I was going to say. Uh, Jesse's, are, Jesse yeah. said that Immortality was the game that he most, like, he wants to get to. I think this is the one that I want to get to most, but I haven't played. Yeah, this year. me too. Have you guys listened Same. to the music from it? No, I don't. I, must, I don't know if I want to because I want to play only, it. Only it follow and follow. So it's only one I've Joel, to. I, I, I think it's relatively safe to listen to without okay. giving yeah. way too much. Um, I, Joel, I would you recommend and I it still. Share a lot of music. Karen, mm-hmm. you and I, not yet. It will happen. But Joel, knowing from what I know of your music taste, you will Makes really, like really like music. Give Falls Gold. Gold to go now. All right. Oh. Speaking of Kyron, I guess we're coming to three games. I'm going to throw them all at you, okay? All of them. All right. All right. You're the all, man right. all right. All right. Speak about these: <laughs> Tunic, Chain Echoes, and Play Signalis. Play Signalis. <laughs> let, let, let's start with Tunic though. Tunic is a game. So Little Fox Boy. Boy. Little Fox Boy. I remember. I I didn't play it, but I watched someone I was with play it at a PAX a few years back at the Xbox booth, and I was like. Hello, this game. This game I'm interested in. Uh, and then obviously a little a little novel coronavirus happened and then I, I sort of forgot about it until it came out this year on Game Pass, if I remember correctly. Like originally it was on Game Pass. And that's when I started seeing more about how it played and what it was. And I I booted up for a little bit on my PC, on PC Game Pass, and was just like, ooh, I I very much dig this game. Think like Cute Fox like Zelda aesthetic with like not to be too you know rudimentary about it but difficulty that's nearly akin to a From Software game like not super as punishing as that but an emphasis on like difficulty and struggle over just sort of just like hang it having a good time just being a cute fox it's like no no this game is not I afraid would, to kick your butt it's punishing I would say <laughs> I would say too that in terms of narrative it, it sort of takes a oh, life out of the From Software so that was like the, Soulsborne book as well so many games hmm try to to you know do what from software do but i feel like this is one of the first games that really got it on a level that from software do with their narratives where it really does come down to the player discovering it and it, yep, much like in from software you don't have to you can just ignore it and it's still a fun little game to on the service level just to just blast through uh but if you do want to commit to learning it like that all this what it does with the manual and making that your way forward is just I want to buy a physical copy of the game's manual because it's so good. Yeah, because I, I, I played, uh, I want to say, probably three quarters of this game. I, I want to finish it, but I just, I feel like, I fear if I go back to it, I'm going to have to start again because it's been It'd be a really long, hard game to come back to, I think. <laughs> I'm about to restart yeah. Horizon. So, I know the feeling. Yeah. So, like, it's, I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I don't normally click with, like, reading through item descriptions and stuff like that in, in Dark Souls. And I get why people love that. I totally do. It's just not for me as such. Well, 
But that's the um, good thing about this, though, isn't it? Because it's not really reading the descriptions. Yeah. A lot of it is told through pictures. Exactly. That's exactly. And it makes me sound like a like a basic bitch, but I am. No, so but I get what fine, you mean, though. It's, it, it, he, he is, it, it feels more. He is. I am. Yeah. <laughs> He's, it, it, it uses that, takes that concept and sort of simplifies it down into a much more accessible form. And I think it's really really commendable and uh, yeah i i it, this is one of the games that i like i played a lot of and didn't finish and i'm very sad that i didn't finish it because i wanted to see how things wrapped up with it but yeah it's, unfortunately it's it the way it wraps up is very clever and again i won't spoil it but um the the credits are so sweet and i know i'm not talking about score music it's, i don't think it's up to score music I want to shout out this game's really chill soundtrack. It's got such a good soundtrack. Mm. Although, I, one thing that I find just, just mildly entertaining is the fact that Tunic came out, everyone was talking about it for a while, and then Death's Door came out, and everyone was talking yep. about that for a little while. And it's almost like the inverse. It's got it the From Software aesthetic, but then plays more like a Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Yep. And it's so From Software. Absolutely. Which, Sorry, I, guys, I, 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 I just appreciate that sort of dichotomy. Jumping with something. Now, if you're watching Maybe. this on Twitch.tv forward slash Stormwind AUS, you may have seen me, see me just have a moment. Yeah. And I feel like I should tell you what that moment was. Oh, boy. It's last episode. It's going to get a little bit blue. Now, I picked up, I have a, uh, a, a, like a copper mug. Apparently, it's really good for drinking a, a Moscow mule out of, which I is ginger beer and something or other. I'm currently drinking a gin and tonic out of it. And the thing about this mug is it collects a lot of condensation, ice cold condensation. I'm a big fan of the the quality of ice, the importance of ice in a good mix of drinks is very, very important to me. So I have a lot of condensation of ice cold water. I'm also wearing very thin shorts from Bonds. Okay. Oh no. So as I went oh. to sip oh, it, no. yep. one drop, a singular drop, a, a drop of dew of a sweet blue tree off from the from the depths of Pandora, if you will, Joel dropped and it landed right on tip my penis and it was cold <laughs> <laughs> it was cold and it shocked me and when that happened i was filling my mouth with a sweet gin tonic and i almost spat it out because i got the fright of my life okay grip it and drip it grip it and drip it you know what i mean that's it. That's it, baby. Speaking of uh, gripping and dripping, chained wasn't just echoes, an overzealous Kyron. ghost. Current chained echoes. Chained echoes uh, is this is another much like Tunic. It's a game I played in a Steam Next Fest like a couple a year or so ago. So it was a game that I've been looking for, but again, like the last two years have been insane, right? So like many games that I played, it just sort of slipped from memory until like the last couple of months as it was sort of gearing up for release. And I was like, familiar. Holy shit. It's the one I play on Steam next first. That's great. This is another one of those games. It almost feels like an entree for next year's sea of stars. And it is a brilliant oh God. throwback JRPG. I know, I know. And it is another one of those games that sort of gets a lot about why those games are loved but also, it's not afraid to sort of march to its own beat in a sense. I talked about it in our quest log last week on dialogue options. I talked about how the game's leveling system is interesting because you don't grind for XP. Instead, when you beat bosses or complete like objectives on like your little rewards board, 
you get a skill point and then you can spend that on each of your characters so to unlock skills or like um stat upgrades and yeah. stuff that's really clever yeah, really and neat. it means that you don't have to sit in a single spot and just grind, which is, again, we, we, again, we talked about this on Dialogue Options. Games that respect your time, and it really feels like this game's approach to combat and to leveling up respects your time. And that's just, that's one of the things I love most about it, honestly. <laughs> but it's also got a killer I, soundtrack. <laughs> yes, I, I want don't. this game in my life. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. On, it's on pretty much everything. It's on Game Pass. <laughs> I feel like we save it a lot. But it is on Game Pass no. as well. <laughs> Speaking of games you talk about a lot, and maybe part of your Twitter handle, also, sorry, before I go on, Dialogue Options, fantastic podcast, Karen and Joel host our, our gaming-focused podcast, part of the Story Mode Gaming Network, Dialogue Options, available on, on Spotify, iTunes, all good podcasts and platforms, go in there, give them a like, give them some love, give them a subscribe, give them a 5 out of 5 rating, because what they, they deserve, especially the episode that I'm on. Now... <laughs> Especially Speaking of games, yeah, those Jesse isn't on. Yeah, that, that's also a very fair call. They're the ones that stay on, <laughs> kind of on track a bit more. Speaking of games, you won't stop talking about Kyron and your enthusiasm, your infectious enthusiasm has indeed infected me. And I've started playing this game today. In part of your Twitter handle, yes. play Signalis. Tell us about Signa- Signalis. Jesus Christ, Signalis. Where do I start? Signalis is a game. It's like so. It's made by two people in Germany, made by a two-person studio called Rose Engine, and it's almost they are like German. okay. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, German. they are. Yeah, and it makes a yeah. lot more of a game make sense when you know that. Um, it's almost like they reached into my brain and were like, okay, what, what, what sort of game does does Karen want? You like Silent Hill? He likes Resident Evil. He likes Hideki Arno. He likes David Lynch. Right, let's just take all that out, rip it all out, chuck a CRT filter on it, make a survival horror game. Bada bing, bada boom, and you got Signalis. It's, I, it's perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. It's fucking sick. I only just started it, playing it. Yeah, <laughs> it so absolutely good. commits to its aesthetic, and I respect it so much for doing it. Like I said, you can apply a CRT filter to really make it feel right. But even like the hums and the of like your your menu, it sounds like you're looking at like a, at a little computer monitor. The puzzles are fun. Its approach to combat, again, is like throwback to old school Resident Evil and Silent Hill where you can fight or you can avoid enemies. Sort of depends on how you want to approach it. If you do take them down, maybe they'll get back up later. So you've got to sort of take that into account. Soundtrack so reminiscent of like the Silent Hill music by Akira Yamaoka. It's just, again, it's just like everything I wanted in a game and want in future games, this, this studio just made and just were like, here you go. Have it for Halloween. Fuck. I'm just right. playing it today. I, mean, I bought it a few weeks ago. I just haven't had time to play it. I just started playing it. Um, and a, a part of games that I, I've go, I go on about is I love isolation in games. I love feeling like you are the only the only person who can win the situation, you know, be a survivor or fail is you. You're the only element in play here. I love that. And this game from the start has given me that. And I, I'm, I the CRT filter, just the the... The weird cold vibes to it. Yeah. The the amount of German in the game. Should I recommend this to my German friend? Um well I'm not German, yes. but it was made by two German folks, so Go. Cool. I'm gonna recommend it to them. Well, that's what I, they, say. Do they like I just tweeted that I dropped cold water on the tip of my penis. And we got a bunch of more people like fault like watching stream on twitch.tv <laughs> forward slash at us 
who knows? Let's see if we can make magic happen twice. But All right, with that, get to views. lads, pop your votes in and let's move on to the next category, which is something we have touched on a little bit um, before. We, we are going to start rolling through these categories a little bit quicker because we've spoken about these games a little bit already. Best score slash music. Now, I'm going to actually skip to the, straight to the game that caused me to change from best changes from best score to best best score slash music. And Joel, this is a game that you've played. Metal Hellsinger. Oh, baby. A game yeah. that is super focused around the soundtrack, a soundtrack made up by some really, like, you know, well-known musicians. And it is integral to the gameplay. I love the idea of this. Tell us about Metal Hellsinger. So Metal Hellsinger is a first-person shooter rhythm game. Um, and, yeah, so basically it, it, it you are implored to shoot on the beat to the songs that are playing. Um, and so different weapons have different, um, like, firing patterns, I guess, or different rhythms as well. So, you know, some like the shotgun's obviously a bit more slower. Um, and it also factors in things like reloading as well. So, like... Reloading, it has an active reload, so you can hit the reload button and let it, the reload animation play out. But if you hit it again on beat, um, you can reload a lot quicker. Um, on top of that, it also like it also uh, rewards you not only with just the gameplay being really fun and solid, but also it, it rewards you with the music itself swelling a lot more so it has that sort of devil may cry doom eternal like dynamic score soundtrack system where the better you're playing the more of the song you'll get so it rewards you for it sort of encourages you to play to get better with the mechanics so you get to hear the full song in its entirety instead of just like a bass guitar and and some drums sort of you know pounding away which is still really good but bass guitars are good yeah, but then when you get, like, when you've got a game that has, like, the score has, the soundtrack has, like, people, uh, like, singers from, uh, like, uh, Matt Heafy from Trivium, um, uh, Alyssa, um, Alyssa White-Glues from, um, I think she's from Arch Enemy, That's I believe. One. yep. Yeah, um, uh, and then there's, uh, yeah, Tatiana, Smuluk as well, who's um the lead singer of Ginger, um who were awesome at good things, uh and like Dennis Lexon from international yeah exactly, uh Dennis Lexon from international noise conspiracy and refused like th- there is um Serge Tankian as well like it there are these like titans of like metal um who are like like vocalists that lend their their pipes to this game and. Yeah, so, like, the better you're playing, the more of that you get to hear. And it, it's, I think, in terms of, like, the category of, like, best score, and I don't think it is probably necessarily the best score of the year, but I think it deserves to be acknowledged, shouted out and commended and acknowledged because of it uses that um, that idea of, like, a dynamic you know what it feels like? music system. You yeah. see a good movie trailer, and it will mm-hmm. because it can be cut in such a way... You'll always get the music cut in with the reloading of a gun. You get that click, yep. click, and it's yep. really it, it is super hype. Like if you watch like a John Wick trailer, it will have it in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I feel like this yeah. game has gone for. It tried to like mm. bottle that lightning, and it's done a quite a good job. I, this is one of those games where I'm super stoked for a sequel. I think yeah, there's a lot of lessons too. to be learned. Smaller team, but I mean, I yep. think at, at um. 
uh, Gamescom, I think it was, they got a bunch of the musicians on stage and they, they played like a show. And for a studio to put that much faith into their, their new IP means that they, they have plans for the sequel. Yeah, I think, yeah, I watched some of that. Um, get trashy. Get, go, fuck metal. Go metalcore. Give me some um, yeah. old mate from <laughs> Attack Attack. Yeah. Give me some Caleb Shomo or whatever his name is. Yeah. Bring it on. Like, so, yeah. T- um, Danny Warsnop. Two f- Let's go. Two fe- fucking hell. Two Feathers are the, are, are the, 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 um, the people who did this, like the actual soundtrack itself. Uh, and then they have these guest vocalists come in to do from like, all those various bands, but um, yeah, I just wanted to, to give it a shout out. I think it's it's so good. I'm a sucker for a rhythm game. I love it. Feels like Doom Eternal, but like chuck some Guitar Hero in there with it, and it it it, it sounds like an absolute mess, but it works really well. And it's one of those games that when you get in, when you click with it, and you get into the zone, it is so satisfying. Um, and that's part and parcel to the the soundtrack itself is phenomenal. It's great. I need, I don't know if it's out on any streaming services yet. I don't think it is out to stream. So it's so you can you can listen to it on YouTube. I think is the only place you can. It is on YouTube. I've heard a few songs. Yeah. Yeah, and you can okay. watch that concert from Gamescom as well on on YouTube as well, which is very very cool. Um, but I hope it comes to streaming services soon because, yeah, it's it it, it is really good. It just. It makes you. It has that. Gives you that feeling of like I want to go out and conquer something. Like it. It's good gym. <laughs> good gym music. Like Ooh, if I okay. if I went to okay. the gym, I would probably listen to this because it's just like, yeah, this is just like metal with a capital M, and it's it's great. Like it is just very well executed. Now I'm going to move on to a, a game that I'm going to talk about a lot. I think in this podcast, God of War Ragnarok. Now, Bear McCreary, 2022 will be remembered as the year of Bear McCreary because not only did he make the music, the score for one of the biggest releases of the year, God of War Ragnarok, he also did it for one of the best shows of the year, Rings of Power. He nailed it. And whatever your thoughts are on the show, as long as they're not sexist, because if they are, fuck off. Or racist, fuck off. Not everyone loved the show. Okay, cool, whatever. The score was immaculate. And 10 out of 10 score. that level of attention was brought over to score for God of War Ragnarok when Bear won his award for Ragnarok at the Game Awards. I love that he went on stage and he said, he basically said, Kratos is a very simple man, so I want to make a very simple song. So I came up with a song with basically three notes to it. And that was to be his song. That was to be his his entrance music if he was a, if, if he, if he was a wrestler. To slightly and then they, they wanted me to say on and I, I wrote the rest. I learned, I learned two the, things when I was just looking at Bear McCreary just now. Um, he did the music for that new Witcher spin-off that's on Netflix, and he's doing the music with um, Gary Skyman for Forspoken next year. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. shit. Oh, no, as somebody who has played the Forspoken demo, maybe 2023 won't be the year of Bear McCreary. <laughs> um, but from hey, seeing- It can still have a banging soundtrack. It could. No, 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 no. It could. No, that's the thing. I've heard the music. Um, you've, heard, you've heard some of the music. <laughs> I'm just, just going to go off what, I, what I've heard, but- God of War Ragnarok, for a game with such an incredible story, incredible performances, the music needs to glue that all together. And it does in such a beautifully haunting way. There are moments where they just, they they play these little signature 
songs and, and pieces that you know from past God of War games. And I felt myself like tearing up. But the thing I actually want to really point out is a song that Bear wrote with Hosier. Take Me to Church, Very Tall Forest, the forest nymph that is Hosier. Yeah. Um, they play the song uh, uh, Blood Upon the Snow at the, in the end credits of the game and at the game board they played it. And I've been playing, it's probably my most played song of the month so far. I haven't heard a song that summed up the emotive journey of a game in the same way that Blood Upon the Snow does. That song twists a knife into me. It is like sad but powerful. It comes at you from so many different angles but it just embodies the complexity of the game. And just for being to invokes for, for a piece of music to invoke so many emotions... Over how I mean how long is God of War Ragnarok? Like 30, 40 20, hours? 20, 30 hours? If you get a platinum, yeah. I'm trying to, and I'm slow at games, Karen. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think my I think my play count was forty five. I've still got a lot to do, yeah. <laughs> but I I, I, I finished the game and I'm still going through and I'm doing things, and there are still musical hits that just get me. So God of War Ragnarok, very, very well done. Let's start barreling through a few more of these. Look, Horizon Forbidden West is a game that I've got really complex feelings about this year. I was looking forward to it for years. <laughs> Played it and look, love it. I didn't finish it because it came it came out at a period where I was kind of between games as well. It was, it was Elden Ring. It was the Elden Ring summer, okay? Yeah. Um, Horizon has no luck so far. Off it, two did, it didn't have any luck. <laughs> yeah. no. But I took a step away from it. I'm going to get back into it. Look, the, the score was good. But a little bit like 2017, or sorry, 2018, nothing to write home about, but fit the general aesthetic. And I, I hope they continue that sort of vibe for the TV show that is being developed because the- we're about to, we're entering the video game zone when it comes to film and television. We are. But whatever the main theme is, I'm not sure if it's Aloy's theme or the game's theme, is still beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was like, every time I hear that song, I'm like, that is. You got me with that song. That whatever this, this tune is. The is, reason it's a nominee is because of the, the 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 general theme music of the game yeah. is still incredible. It's very good. It, it to write a music a piece of music epic enough to be about robotic dinosaurs. You've got to <laughs> nail it, and they fucking nailed it. So good on them. Um, look, we are OFK. We've probably spoken about that a fair bit. If you haven't listened to the soundtrack, please do. Every episode had a song, Simon. Just real quick, barrel is off. Favorite song? Uh, it's probably Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold, baby. Fool's Gold uh, is Fool's Gold. perfect. Perfect. It is um, one of my favorite songs. Shout out to Footsteps, second favorite. I don't think I've heard Footsteps. Mm. So I don't want to go. Footsteps is great. Um, all right. Kyron. Elden Ring, baby. Elden Ring, baby. Uh, look, I know, I feel like... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I sometimes feel like the From Software games soundtracks don't get the respect they deserve because they are stunning. And granted, a lot of the time it is just frantic choir as you're just like fighting these horrible monstrosities Mm. who will just pound you into the pavement in a second. Uh, But what I really liked about Elden Ring is it did it had all that great stuff, but also had really nice like ambient and atmospheric music in a lot of these areas. The soundtrack in Kaled 
I I could feel my skin crawling whenever that was picking up. I'm like, I I know I shouldn't be here because of what this place looks like and because of what that theme music sounds like. I need to leave. <laughs> and it's Dude, just little I, things I, I like think that. I fired Elden Ring up again a few days ago. And I just heard that menu music. That menu thing. And I I, oh. I felt my body go into defense mode. Like the yeah. hairs on my back stood <laughs> up. My nipples were hard. It was all fucking happening. I was ready to You could to fight bat- the whole damn world to that song. Your, your nipples were hard for other reasons, mate. Because I was playing fucking Elden um, Ring. I was horny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but you want. Kyron, Kyron, you bring up what I think is an interesting point, actually, because I draw comparisons to Breath of the Wild. And how Breath of the Wild's soundtrack is quite understated, quite chill, um, and it's never in your face. And as a result, many people are like, "It doesn't really it's very have a soundtrack like, to, the, to what's happening." On yeah, the yeah. yeah, and it's like, if you don't think it has a soundtrack, I'm sorry, but you are objectively wrong. It's got a really good, but very subtle. It, it, it's almost Definitely. like. People who say that a game like Breath of the Wild or Elden Ring have a bad soundtrack, you're objectively wrong. People who say they don't have them, I kind of understand. Because it is so deeply embedded within the gameplay that when I was playing the game, I never noticed the soundtrack until I noticed it. And then when I noticed it, I noticed how much it was amplifying my experience of the game. Because, Karin, you've got a really good point. I think one of the strengths of Elden Ring is the game really like ebbs and flows for the first two thirds. Um, it has these like <laughs> peaks and valleys that lead it has these, these quiet moments and it, you can relax it. You can take in the, the, the environments and the lore and some of the lesser creatures that you can beat the shit out of and get that power vibe back. Um, <laughs> and the, it, it suits it. But when a dragon comes out of a cave to skull fuck you, the music amps up to you know a skull fucking tenor, uh, and, and it really works. I, I kind of, I actually not not even kind of. I definitely want to get this on on vinyl because I, I just want to hear yeah. the little intricacies. This will be yeah. if and when they eventually do an Elden Ring Symphony tour. We are going. I, I, I've spoken about the importance of, of video game symphonies and orchestras before. A from software orchestra in general. Would oh be yeah, pretty, yeah, it would be, it would be beautiful. You need to have a full choir though. Um, but I, Jesse, yeah. you just yeah. remind me of how gutted I am about that event they had. I forget if it was in Japan or America. They had like the they had like an Elden Ring jazz night. Oh, that sounds so I, cool. No, and like oh. you could, oh. so you could go to it in person, or you could buy online tickets if you lived. Again, I think it was if in America. If you lived in America, you could buy an online a virtual ticket. I'm like. Let me buy one. I want to watch this. And they just wouldn't. They refuse. And I'm, I'm still having figured. I'm sure I could look it up on YouTube now. But yeah, like. I. Yeah. Ugh. Also, I think too, like, man, that, that fucking theme song. Um, God. Not to spoil anything about Elden Ring, but it comes back around in such a fucking oh. cool way. If you can, if you can force your way through the muck and the mire, that is the last quarter of the game. Sure. <laughs> sure, it's fine. Uh, sure, it's good. Um, all right. You could just listen on Spotify, though. Oh, We're warming up, baby. Looking We're ready warming to up. Bully back oh. Karen's going to get some revenge on me. Speaking play. of revenge, Shredder's Revenge. Yes. Simon, you, T- wait, who, who, okay, who's, who's played TMNT's Shredder's Revenge here? Yep. Yeah, All right, I'm, the fucking, I'm the fucking loser here. Okay, great. Great. Like Don't I worry, I haven't played it either. Bleeps and bleeps. TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Simon, fucking losers here. As if we didn't well. know this. <laughs> I just want to say I have listened to some of the soundtrack. Don't try and be cool. So. 
It's Can uh, I be a skateboard? Like, fucking nerd. Um, Schroeder's <laughs> friend, Karen and Joel. Soundtrack. Yeah. What's up? Here's, here's the thing, Karen, you're right. It's bleeps and bloops, bleeps and bloops. in the best and most Oh, my God, it happened again. Way. Oh, my God, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, stop getting your dick wet. Fuck. Check the viewer count. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet oh. it. I came a little bit. I'm not happy about oh, it. Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I really love Shredder's Avengers soundtrack. Yeah, and, like, and rightfully so, because you know why? It's, yeah, like you said, bleeps and bloops in the best possible way. But then you throw in there the fact that Mega Ran does the track on there. You throw yeah. in the fact that. Wait, hold up. Fucking. What? Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. it gets oh, better. Mega Ran's fucking, sick. Fucking Raekwon and Ghostface Killer do a track on this soundtrack. Fucking Mike Patton sings the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. So I'm going to change my voting based on Mike Patton. Yeah. I actually didn't know that until just now when I was looking at the soundtrack list. I was like, fucking Mike Patton did the thing. What? Like Tomahawk um, Mike Patton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Phantomus fucking like, oh my God. Yeah, it's cool. wild. But it, it is also so good because like the, the chiptune stuff that is in there is just flawless. Like It, it honestly reminded me, again, say it reminded me of how much I fucking love um, Am- Amanaguchi's soundtrack for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, like, I yeah. was constantly yeah. just like tapping oh, and humming away excellent to Shredder's Revenge soundtrack shout. the entire time. I loved it. And yeah. Karen, yeah. what about Xenoblade? <laughs> Sorry, wet dick got to me. Um, yeah. Xenoblade's <laughs> Chronicles 3. Look, I know we've spoken a lot about Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> already and I, I just feel like the one thing that these games always excel at is having a just ridiculously every, every god soundtrack it's there insane. is not a single damn xenoblade song that misses no. every damn one is incredible they always i land. just yeah every every single time and i've listened to the main battle themes for all three of the main xenoblade games back to back and the way that there's nice little homages to the previous one every time yeah and it's just mm. and then the third one like just ah just it's perfect. Oh, it's good. It's so and, good. All right. So uh, it is on, so good. On top of that, the, the, sound, the way these soundtracks can go from having like these really beautiful melodic melodic songs, just like shredding like guitars in combat, is just I love it. It's so good. I just want to take special note to point out that one of the things I love most about this game. So to get briefly, I'll touch on the story. You play the two two of the main characters, Noah and Mio. Uh, they have these little flutes they use to sort of send the the dead soldiers. And they actually incorporated that into the soundtrack to a point where the composer sort of made mm. two flutes. So he could sort of, make, he had a bit more control, a better idea of how the music should flow. And the, the flutes are a major part of the soundtrack and it's just, it is beautiful. And then once they finish one of those beautiful songs, again, they just shred some guitars and it's just sick. Hells yeah. It's, it's <laughs> ace. Flute and guitar? It's you got yeah, me. Yeah, it's Fuck got man. it all, baby. <laughs> all right. Four disc soundtrack. <laughs> Pop your, your, your uh, votes in for those games, please, gents. And we're going to move on to a category called Hidden Gem, a game that maybe a lot of people will miss. Now, a few of these games we've already spoken about, so we won't go into them again. Um, but going through the nominees for this category, Signalis, or I wrote Signals, I know I wrote Signalis, Chained Echoes, Triangle Strategy, Oli Oli World, Nobody Saves the World, Curse to Golf, and Immortality. Now, we've already spoken at length about Signalis, Chained Echoes, and Immortality. So, Simon, I'm going to throw Triangle Strategy at you. You love yourself, you, you love yourself a geometric strategy. I, I do love my geometry, and I love strategy, and this game was a perfect combination of the two. So, straight up. Um, no. So, 
it's done in the 2.5 HD style as Octopath Traveler, um, and it, it's just a fucking gorgeous game. But also, there are three warring factions. It's a really good turn-based strategy RPG. So if you like your classic Fire Emblem games, um, your um, Final Fantasy tactics and stuff like that, this game handles that so damn well. And it's got a really cool mechanic in it, which is basically when there's a big decision coming up, um, people will have, like, characters will have their own opinion. And I you can that. go and I talk to that. them to hear their opinion. And then you can try and change their mind. Ooh. So it normally will be a 50-50 split. And so it'll be like, oh, mm. and your character goes, I leave it up to you guys to decide. But if you've got an idea in your head and you're like, no, I think this is the way we should do it. You can talk to a few people and you can convince them to change their minds. So that way there are more votes in your favor. And you can do this both ways, whether it's, you know, the, the good thing or the bad thing or the middle of the road thing. You, you can do that. And it's so fun. And you get proper insight into these characters. Um, the drama is quite natural. Some of the dialogue is super fucking clunky. So be ready for that. I think when you play a, a game of, like that, you expect that at one point. That's the yeah. thing. It's it's the <laughs> It sort of comes with the territory. But yeah, it's a just a absolutely fantastic strategy game. Got a really fun sort of novelty mechanic in it that never feels too tiring. And it's basically, if the last season of Game of Thrones wasn't shit. Yeah, Ooh, that's a controversial say, opinion this, from five years ago. This yeah, I know, right? <laughs> is it controversial? I don't think it's controversial at all, but... Yeah, it's, it's, not controversial, it's, but it's an old opinion. Accepted. It's an old opinion. Yeah, it's an old opinion, but yeah. it still rings true. Yeah, so I'm so glad you brought up the um, the decisions things. I really quickly want to p- chip in here. What I really love about like being able to convince other characters is it made genuine like moments stand out when a character was just like, "Sorry, mate, I can't side with you," and they'd vote against you. I'm like, mm. I I thought I convinced you, and it's like, no, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and the thing is, is like the way the the game handles that as well is that it's never like a. There's no, there's no resentment for someone no, yeah, going no. against you or voting against you. It's always like a, I get no, it. This is an open and an honest forum. Let's talk about it. And it makes and your the replay lens interesting. Yeah, genuinely, really interesting. And like your, the main character, the Sarah Noah, tends to sort of lead into these as like, I will go with whatever you guys decide, and I will hold no qualms or issues with whatever is decided and that i really like that that sort of genuine i guess honesty about it it's, yeah. i don't know it's just a it's a fun game it's a really fun game of like all the games that square enix put out this year and didn't really promote properly i think this is my favorite yeah yeah and, absolutely. There, and there was there was plenty there were, there quite were a, a fucking dozen this year and i think there's even more coming out next year square sort Chaos. your shit out for, yeah. the, for the sake of a group of people who do a video game podcast, please, <laughs> for our sake, sort your shit out. Just merge we'll just give us review games. codes, okay? Please, Square. Give me a review code for Final Fantasy 16, thanks. Yeah, no, do that, and we'll forgive you forever. Uh, Joel, Ollie Ollie World was sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do tell. Ollie Ollie World, such a great game. Um, so Ollie Ollie World's from Roll7. Um, they sort of shot to sort of 
infamy, I guess, um, with the release of the first Ollie Ollie and then Ollie Ollie 2, Welcome to Hollywood. Um, both are like side scrolling. And Elm Song, um, Welcome to Hollywood. 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 Hello. Lying for it, but I respect it. They are they are like 2D um, skateboarding games uh, that have a really good sort of like trick bait, like trick system. They work in a way that I never played it, but similar to what I understand of how like things like skate worked uh, in terms of you using the sticks use to stick do. to plant your feet and stuff like that and actually like use yeah. the physics of that. Yeah. But so on so a 2D and that's plane, how- it was quite different. Exactly, yeah. So with this one, they've sort of gone for like a 2.5D uh, aesthetic. The first ones were sort of like very sort of like basic in a way, um, like pixel art style, um, which were charming in their own way. This one goes for like a Cartoon Network Adventure Time which style works. animation, and it looks great. Sometimes it, it, like, it, indie games will change their art style with a sequel for the sake of it, and it doesn't work. Yep. Like Nidhogg, I think, lost yeah, I a lot of its charm. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. Wait, sorry. Right. Ragnarok taught me how to say Nidhog correctly, and I can't remember what it was, but it was it was it, it, it's gross. Nidhog, Nidhog, or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Nidhog. Um, Nidhog, Nidhog. Uh, yeah, you Nidhog. It's, it's, it's just a, it's just a fucking Nidhog, isn't it? <laughs> God, bro. Everyone, calm down. Oh, Simon Nidhogg, wearing bro, his bro, um, his soccer hooligan polo shirt. He's in a headbutt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a problem with wearing polo shirts and being English. It's like, I feel like I'm feeling a steroid right here. <laughs> he's even got an unbutton. I mean, for the sex appeal for one, but also like he's going to headbutt me. Yeah, maybe I am. Um, it's cool to Liverpool kiss, mate. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah, with uh, the first two games that they were just sort of like objective based, like you'd go into a level, you'd have certain objectives, you need to complete them and you can get enough stars, to unlock more levels. This one has like a narrative where you're sort of this up and coming skater in this sort of like skating based world where you're trying to go to get to like skate Varna, I think it's called or something like that. You're trying to get to like, to meet like the gods of skating. Um, it's, it's so dumb and silly and unnecessary, but it's fun and it really kind of works for the vibe. Um, the levels themselves are, are, feel like they're a lot longer and a lot more intricate now as well. They have multiple paths to them. Uh, they have different, um, I guess, difficulties and then also different things you can unlock by going through those. Uh, you have, like, a creator character as well. So your, your main avatar, you can unlock, like, different um, cosmetic items like clothing, hairstyles, different colours. Uh, and obviously skate decks right down to like things like the trucks and the wheels themselves. You can completely customize with different um, combos it's so and options. That a game about like skateboarding has customization because it's, that's kind of mm-hmm. what the culture is about like expression. And shit like yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Expressing yourself. It's, it, and so I think it all wraps up into this really nice package that really sort of cements itself in as one of those games of like, Oh, just one more run, just one more run. Like, or you'll start a run and you're trying to get a specific objective and you fuck it up and you're like, all right, yep, restart, do quick restart, yep, back into it. And you can just sit there for hours and hours and hours and do that. Or if you've only got 10, 15 minutes, you could do a couple of runs and and still be satisfied with it. Um, it had like a, a couple of DLC packs that came out for it as well, which added more content to it. I didn't get to those. Um, I didn't quite finish the game itself. Um, it came out earlier in the year and I when it came out, I like I bought it on a whim, I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I really like the first, I'd been recently replaying through Oli Oli 
and uh, Ollie Ollie too. Um, and was like, man, this, th- there is a solid foundation foundation to these games, and I want to see how they expand upon that. I feel like they do really well, and I feel like it's a game that sort of deserves more love, um, especially if you've played one of those games or if you're, like, you know, looking for something to fill that, that gap post, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, like, remakes and, and knowing that we're not going to get any more of those <laughs> ever. So... Um, it's a little bit different, but it also has, and also maybe to like, you know, quench your thirst until the next skate game comes out. So, um, yeah, I think Oli Oli World is very, very good and very fun. Well, um, Joel, what it's a great Switch game. I need to quench my thirst until the next PGA tournament game comes out. Would Curse the Golf. Wow, that's a real that. question. Ask him the real <laughs> question. Maybe, maybe not so much. Um, but I guess, like, you know, it is a golf game. At, at surface Golf level. game, move um, on. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. It's a golf game. Uh, no, so, it, but it's interesting because, again, much like Oli Oli World um, and the Oli Oli franchise, it, it is a, instead of being a, like, 3D world that you're playing golf in, it's a it's a 2D, like, side-scrolling golf game, sort of akin to, like, Super Stickman Golf, um, that iOS game that sort of blew up when, like, the, the App Store first launched. I've got, I've got such a um, thing for, like, physics-based golf games. This, yeah, this is um, on my list of games that I... Because I, I know I'm not going to put 10 hours into it. I will play it for a nah. few hours and be done with it and be happy with my time with it. But it looks and like the thing it's, it's, it's going to be a good time. The mechanics aren't so complicated that you can't... You couldn't come back to it either as well. Like, if you're like, oh, I've really got a hankering to play something like that, you could just pick it up again, which I've done multiple times since this game came out um, when I've had, like, gaps and I've just felt like playing something... And not really thinking about it. Um, so, but the the other element to it, which was why I'm sort of flying the flag for it, is it's a roguelike as well. So, basically, you are at the start of the game, you're playing in a tournament, and you get killed, um, and so you are cursed to golf, like the title says. Um, what? You've got to fight. You've got to fight your way through the nine layers, the nine holes of hell, basically, um, and, and and to to sort of like get back to the, the world of the living. And it, it has this roguelike element where, you know, each hole has, like, stages to it, and then you have a boss fight at the end of it as well. Uh, and then after that, you have, like, a, it's like a checkpoint. You can start from that hole and continue on from there if you want to sort of, like, get through the story. But you can also just start from the start again and try and do a full run. Um, it has, like, a card system as well, so you have, like, power-ups that you can use. Um, they, like, vary from things like giving yourself a few more strokes, um, <laughs> which is always good. Um, not all the, uh, dear not listeners, all that, was, that was a masturbation joke. If you weren't aware, I get it. <laughs> it's okay. Not all of us can have a copper cup to do the job for us. So, um, <laughs> yeah. um it's, um, it, so <laughs> I saw that one. Um, oh, and, I bet uh, you did. Because basically you have, like, you start the game and you have, like, I think, like, a limit of nine shots or whatever. And then you can replenish them by picking up power-ups through the world or using these cards. Um, But there are other ones that have, like, you know, you can stop time. uh, So the ball will just stop mid-flight and drop where it is. Or you can, there's another one that's really handy where, like, you can hit your shot. If you activate that card, you can hit your shot and then press a button and it'll stop the ball, it'll slow the ball down in mid-air and you can change the direction of it so you can use it to sort of platform up 
to other areas. So like completely go in the opposite direction, um, still using the momentum from your shot. So it's got some really cool ideas and mechanics there. Um, and again, much like Oli Oli World, I feel like it didn't get as much love when it came out. I think it's it is a it's a pretty niche game, I guess in a way. It's a golfing roguelike, so I don't know what the the audience of that is. But if it's any part of Joel. that sort of it's Joel, it's Joel, yeah, it's me. Like I, I speak are, about Signalis being on, made for me. This was made for Joel. Greg, yeah, Greg Norman loves pre- Hades, um, so he's been playing. Yeah, this. does. <laughs> We are on the precipice of like sports story potentially shadow dropping, so I am very excited right now. Like it's, <laughs> we're in a good spot. Um, but yeah, it's like Cursed to Golf is really really cool, and it's all got this like fun like two D art style. The writing is a little bit, it goes on for a little bit too much, especially in the the start of the game when it's trying to explain things to you. But there are some pretty funny jokes in there as well. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give it a shout out. Last nominee from the hidden gem category. Nobody saves the world. Joel, you popped this into our nominees. Tell us a little bit about it. I mean, I feel like I'm talking a lot now. Um, it's but nobody saves the world came out earlier in the year. Um, it is, I guess, like a like a top down dungeon crawler. Um, but the sort of hook for this one is that you are a you are nobody. Like you start the game as this sort of grayed out husk of a person. Um, I know that still, one. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You start out, out as Kyron uh, in the lead up to Christmas. Oh, and, boy. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, and uh, pretty early on in the game, you get the, the ability to sort of transform yourself into different forms, and they're basically different classes. So, yeah. But instead of, like, you know, with, like, a Diablo where you'd start a game or a run and you'd be like, I'm going to play as this class, I'm going to level up this class, you're sort of levelling up all these different classes together. Uh, And there are a lot of them. I think there's, like, 20 or so. Yeah, Um, there's quite a few. Yeah, and they vary from, like, you start with, like, a rat and then there's, like, a necromancer and then there's a dino or, like, a dragon towards the end as well. Um but then the game even gets a little bit more wrinkled where it gives you the opportunity to multi-class. So you can start taking abilities from other classes and sort of mashing them together with a particular class to um, either solve certain battle encounters because there's like a... Um, there's a puzzle like element to all of them. Yeah, there's there. puzzle elements. And there's like a rock, ba- rock, paper, scissors element to it in terms of like, you know, fire beats. Grass and grass beads, that kind of thing, but yeah. it's like poison and, and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, it's really fun. It's got this really cute art style. It's by Drinkbox Studios, um, and I love their shit. Like, is it, yeah, is it Drinkbox? Yeah, it's Drinkbox. Yeah, 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 Drinkbox, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, uh, responsible for things like Severed and Guacamole and, like, all the oh, absolute wonderful, wonderful indie gems. Um and nobody saves the world. I think is a is a great sort of new direction for them to try something out. I didn't in. know. It was, I didn't um, know it was them. I, I will give this a go based yeah. based on yeah. that yeah. like caliber it's, of talent. Well, <laughs> I played it through to completion. I I haven't I haven't sort of like fully classed like maxed out all the classes. And there has been DLC that just came out for it. I think it's just like arena battles and things like that, and a few more classes added in. Um, but it is on Game Pass, so it's. Magic words. Definitely <laughs> worth checking out. Yeah, it's... Yeah, th- this is this is a game that definitely came... Like, it came across my radar because of um, uh, a YouTuber that I follow, Gerard the Completionist. Shout out to him for just being Hell yeah. fucking fantastic. Hell yeah. Um, sure. And he... Yeah, absolutely. Like, top, top, dude. 
Um, and he gave this a very glowing review, and it was I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to got to got to get into this one. I've got I've got to set the time aside. I just haven't, and it's been sat there in my wish list and Steam like fourth in my wish list all year, and I'm just staring at it now, and I'm like, I should just I should just fucking play it. I should just do it. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> well, speaking of doing things, let's move oh. on to the next category. So get your votes in. Remember your top votes. You give the most votes to them. Dear listeners at home, I fucked up the Google sheet. I did it backwards. So give the most votes to the, <laughs> to the one you want to win. And we'll go through them shortly. Let's move mm-hmm. on to our second last category. Biggest surprise on this. Not necessarily our favorite game of the year, but one that just caught us unaware of what it did. Signalis. Ghost Song. Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Marvel Snap, Trombone Champ, and Pokemon Scarlet Sash Violet. I want to start off, and I'm going to combine two games here. The Pokemon franchise surprised the flying fuck out of me this year. So, <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus was was the most excited I've been about a Pokemon game for a long time. I, I've spoken about this ad nauseum on the podcast. You can listen to past episodes at Spotify and iTunes and all good podcasting services. I'm getting better with that as we go. I'm sick. I, 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 love, I love Pokemon. I love Pokemon. The little creatures that they are, the little monsters, the little, the little ne'er-do-wells. But the games themselves were becoming super repetitive. The battle systems are broken. The, the progression I just found boring as shit. But I was playing them every single year because I'm a slave to corporations. Arceus was the first major break from the, the main core game line. Where they did something different. They went into the past. They, the, the battling system was different. It was open world. And while it didn't land every punch it through, it was a really bold and brave step. And I, I just want to shout out a friend of the show, Nick Simonovsky, my good mate from Sydney. He has put like about 700 hours into this game. He texted wow. me and he's like, wow. Hey, I, I just clocked over 100 hours in the game. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yep. Still haven't passed the first Mental. area yet. Wow. What? He, 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 I, I caught up with him a few months ago. And he was just like, it, it scratched a certain part of his brain. And he was busy between like, you know, moving house and new job and yada, yada. But it just got him. And I, I kind of, I, I really respect the game for, for that. Like, it was able to get people who are Pokemon fans in a, in a bit of a different way. It took a bit of a different tact and got them. Now, just to move on to Scarlet and Violet, a game that is inherently fucking broken, irredeemably, oh, God. good lord, like fundamentally oh. fucked. It is also the best Pokemon game I've ever fucking played. It's I have insane. never enjoyed a Pokemon game in the same way as I enjoyed, in my case, Pokemon Scarlet. Look, it is broken gra- graphically. It, it, is, it is glitchy. It is buggy. There is popping. There is you will fall through the world multiple times. There will be some mm. wacky, weird shit. But I was walking through a cave and ran into a Pokemon inside the cave wall and had to fight the Pokemon. I was like, "What? <laughs> What's happening?" I fought yeah. <laughs> a Pokemon on the edge of the crater. Okay, and every time I threw out a new Pokemon, because you get kicked my ass. Every time I threw a new Pokemon, <laughs> my Pokemon would slide down. <laughs> And I, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, die. Okay. They're dead. And you know yeah, what? That's, that's, oh my god. That's, that's, I'm, I'm not saying, obviously, it's not as good as Skyrim. But Skyrim, when it first came out, was broken to hell. It was a pretty fucked up game when it first came out. But there was something about it that made you forget about 
the the, the glitches and and the, and the popping and, and such. Fallout Three as well. Fallout Three. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Yeah. All, all Bethesda, Bethesda games. games. Yeah. Bethesda. This is yeah. this is po- this, this is Bethesda's Pokemon game. Okay, because I was able to look past the performance issues and the three branching storylines, the new Pokemon they introduced, which let's face it, of the new Ross they introduced, they were almost all goddamn hits. Um, Absolutely. Some of the best the, Pokemon. Some of the, the, the yeah. biomes were interesting. The open world aspect worked. Look, was it perfect? No, but it is the most positive step forward for the franchise I've ever seen. I didn't actually expect this to happen. See, I, 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 I've, I've put over 100 hours into it now and I'm just about to... F- I'm not trying to get the full Pokemon. I'm not, I'm not that type of guy, but I've taken my Come time on. with it. I felt, on, very attached. it. <laughs> I felt very attached to my Pokemon, despite some of their final evolutions. Guys, I have a shiny Go-Goat. Come on. It's like the game bribed me for an award. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're a slut I am a slut um, for Go-Goat. <laughs> Hashtag slut for Go-Goat. With, with that being said, though, I think just sort of on that note, though, I actually think things are sort of the other way around in the sense that like Arceus Legends Arceus did so much to bring the series forward um, being able to just catch a Pokemon by just throwing a Pokeball at it awesome awesome quality of life change I wish that stayed yeah yeah I also agree. acknowledge the fact that given the production cycle that Pokemon is in the changes some of the best changes in Arceus won't show They're up in the mainline Pokemon it's game the next for game another two years the, the next game I don't think it I almost wish they'd take next year off because they took two massive risks this year. I hope they're like, right. well, we've learned way more from this than we expected. It's like a year. Yeah, and the 100%. one they come out... Absolutely. You know, they come out, they're, I they're, think, they're going to call I think they'll do more. DLC. I think they'll do DLC for Scarlet. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think they'll likely do DLC for Scarlet and Violet like they did with Sword My God, Shield. just yeah, release yeah. one um, fucking game, though. Just one. Oh, please. Just the one. So, trust me. You did. I, they, they already did with fucking Legends Arceus. You know what's funny, It was good. It was brilliant. When they so that's oh. this is a big thing. Is Sword and Shield, as much as I've, I know we've always argued for one game, but DLC oh, but is where it really yeah. stuck out to me. When you had to buy the expansion pass that matched your game, and I was like, "What? Oh, the ridiculous! <laughs> Absolutely it's, ridiculous!" I think the reason um, too, it, it, like Arceus, got, can get away with it being one game because it didn't have a focus on trading. Yeah, um, but that's a thing that I, I don't. I, it's a holdover. It yeah. was, yes, probably the initial genuinely good-intentioned, you know, initial concept of, you know, because if you look at the, the history of Pokemon, it was inspired from uh, Satoshi Tajiri's childhood and catching bugs and, you know, having that experience of being able to trade things with your friends catching and stuff like that. Catching bugs? Yeah, Ryhorn yeah, cool, yeah, was the first Pokemon he, he designed? Was that a- yeah, yeah, it was one of the Also, of, wait, that's really, really, yeah. really super quick tangent here. Ash Ketchum and Pikachu's Adventure is coming to a close. And I, I, know, am, I, going to, out to Ash. I am going to weep. I am going to openly... I, the, I've just the trailer. I've said for years. Or, and also the video of the um, the English voice actor for Ash. I, I completely blanked on her name. The video she did. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crushed yeah. me. Um, and can I just say... Veronica Taylor. Veronica Taylor, that's the one. Friend of the show. Um, I am so happy that they are yeah. wrapping up his story. It is a perfect moment to do it. He's done what he wanted to do. They're going to have like 11 more episodes, I think, with him. Mm-hmm. Ash, yeah, yeah, that is. Like to wrap up their journey. And I think it is going to be the equivalent of, like, let's face it. 
Simpsons has gone downhill. But when that last episode airs, we are all going to crowd around it like 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 our grandparents watched the fucking moon landing, okay? That's <laughs> yeah, what we're going to do with true. Pokemon. Yeah. There will be a yeah. collective yeah. moment and with our generation I, where we are just break funny. down in tears because this has been a major part of our life for 25 years and they are sticking the... I mean, we haven't seen the last few episodes, but the way they're going, they're sticking the landing. The last season with... Um, uh, I can't remember the other character's name where they change the style a bit it's become more comedic is incredible please please watch the Magic Arc it's, episode it's one of the funniest animes I've ever watched after, I've it's, always wanted um, to watch the most uh, recent season of the uh, all right, Pokemon Karen, anime after the show I'll find the episode Pokemon Journeys yeah Pokemon Journeys with, with Bo yeah. or Joe yeah, or Go Go, go. why not Pokemon yeah. Go it's Go because um, it's Pokemon Go and he's all for, about catching Pokemon. I will send you guys, there is an episode. It's split in half, okay? One of them is about a... Oh, fuck, I, I can't remember the first half. The second half is about a Magikarp flop contest. It's about the Magikarp that can flop <laughs> the highest, oh okay? And it is like... The last time I laughed that hard at an anime, an episode of anime, was the first episode of One Punch Man, okay? Yeah. This, Oh wow! Killed okay. me. It is so good. Right. So there's also just it also has one of the sad. It also has one of the saddest episodes with the um the haunter episode as well. I haven't seen that. Don't oh no. I'm pretty sure there's a haunter one where it's a, yeah it to, mm, does some stuff. So bring it back to games. I want to I want to shout out Magic Card since you. you brought him up. <laughs> Every single time I saw a Magic Card and Scarlet and Violet like flopping around out of water, put a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just to sort of very quickly tie that up, as I was saying, I feel like Scarlet and Violet was a bit, a fair bit of a step back from what Arceus was aiming for. Arceus, I think, should be the standard going forward. I understand that given given the development wheelhouse of Game Freak, I understand given the cyclical nature of Pokemon, I, I get it. I understand it's not going to be for maybe another year or two until we actually see the changes cemented. But while I I, 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 I somewhat agree with your saying. But I actually think this is a really good point for the games to diverge. I would like Pokemon Legends to become a its own franchise and then I mainline Pokemon become agree. a different thing because they're taking very interesting steps. And I like the idea that there is... Look, it doesn't matter what way the mainline Pokemon games go from now on. There is a a structure of sorts that they need to stick with. They, there needs to be gyms. There needs to be battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas with the Legends franchise, they can do different time periods. They can really fuck with things. Mm. They can have alternate realities. Yeah. They could they could they could do whatever. Have a really experimental one, and then have your mainline one. I I think rather Give making me a Victorian era England, aka Galar. Hello. Give me that. Hello, welcome oh, yeah. to Galar region. I'm, this is your Pokemon yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's the accent <laughs> changing so much? Hello, I'm know. Pikachu. I talk now. <laughs> Aspro, clearly you haven't played Detective Pikachu. You clearly haven't played Detective Pikachu then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all Pokemon no headbutt. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Now we're talking about Signalis a fair bit already. Um, yeah. Ghost Song, who put Ghost Song in here? That was me. Go on. Oh, look, I explained to you why Signalis feels like it's a game made for me. Uh, Ghost Song actually falls into a similar category to Chained Echoes, except it goes back even further. So Ghost Song is you take you take Metroid, you take 
Dark Souls. Oh, no. And you throw oh, it in no. a blender. And it- in, Oh, no. <laughs> in a game that gives me massive- It has a lot of- Much like Hollow Knight. Uh, it just- It gets what makes both of those franchises great. And but has its own unique like personality and atmosphere, and is just uh, a hauntingly beautiful little game. I haven't put as much time into it as I want to, but um, very early days it is it is hard. But venturing around that world, the sound effects, the, again the ambience, the combat is pretty simple, shoot bang, all that sort of stuff. But just what it sets out to do, just I was like, holy shit! Again. You you got it. You know what makes these two games special, and you put them together, and you made it work. So kudos, Karen. You are making my wish list to blow the I'm fuck sorry, up man. right now. I'm I sorry. hope you realize this. No, you're fucking not. And you shouldn't <laughs> be either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry. All right, let's um. Good. Let's move to a game that I I started and didn't finish. You know when you you start a game and you love it, and then you stop playing it for some reason. I think it's because your body thinks you don't deserve happiness. Does anyone else get that? Not just me? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Kirby in the Forgotten Land was an absolute yeah. delight. When you first yes. deep throw yep. a yep. car, because let's face it, the game's about gobbies. <laughs> What's that? What's what they call it? It's like the throat goat simulator. Throat big goat. mouth mode. <laughs> yeah, big mouth big mode. Big, big, big mouth mode. Wink, wink, wink. Um, it's WAP mode. I'm saying Kirby's got some talent, all right? Yeah. No, sorry. It was it was it was mouthful mode. Mouthful, mouthful mode. Yeah, mouthful yes, mode, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that that is slightly worse than that. Yeah. Throat. Yeah. So when the throat when the throat goat himself, Kirby. Okay, everyone's favorite gobby monster from the, from the cosmos turns into a cart inside the game. Like who has played it? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So early it. early on the game. When you turn into a car, you drive across the bridge and the music's playing and stuff like that. Oh, that yes. is one of the most like I felt nothing but joy in my heart, and I haven't yeah. felt that so, for years. Do, do you know what I love most about that? They put a demo out for this game, and it's the it's the opening the entire opening sequence, but they leave that part out. They skip so it. Yeah. I played the demo. I was like, oh man, this is so wholesome. And when I picked up the full game, like when the song started playing, I was like. Oh, you geniuses! You hid this from me, and it was, it was so yeah. smart yeah, because cool. I love this. <laughs> it was great. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. As, as for like the it's, general yeah. platforming and like moment to moment gameplay, it, it's something that I will go back and, and finish up because it just made me happy to play. Hmm. Like um, that's the thing. Like Kirby games have been consistently good for a while, but they've always sort of flown under the radar a little bit because of their more kid friendly demeanor and their approach yeah. to things. Um, but yeah, they've been good. They've been really damn good. And as Kirby's first foray into 3D, true 3D, um, this game, I think, it did a lot right that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do right. Um, I was I was expecting like, oh, you know, it's Kirby, so he can hover, so it'll be easy to just clear out and clear over half of the stage. But having that sort of soft limit on how high you can go... And still having to interact with the environment in unique ways. And some enemies, that if you just walk past them and leave them alone, they're still going to have their little nap under the tree. You don't have to do anything. That's okay. All those little dogs. Because that's adorable. I love them. I would like to speak on another part of that. Like, my son is... When this game came out, or when we ended up playing it, he would just turn three. So he's not really got the idea of, like, moving in a 3D space in a video game. Or yeah. video games in general are beyond, like, tapping stuff on a screen, essentially. You can do um, it, I believe. Um, yeah. So 
he sort of started to pick it up. I gave him a Joy-Con, put him on as the second character, as a little Waddle D, and he would just walk he would just walk into a wall. But he was playing but it. But he would also but he's playing it and he was also pointing out things for me. He'd be like, Oh, get that over there, that that character over there, let's go get that. And you know, oh, you can't it, it, we tell play such very a wholesome burst. story after we called him the throat girl the yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but like I, I, I want to touch on that because because I'm not the only one. I, I think anyone that I know or have heard talk about this game who has kids has had that experience with them, especially young kids that are sort of starting to get out into video games. Griffin McElroy from the Besties and the McElroy family of products. Um, <laughs> the McElroy family of products. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That's very accurate. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he played it with his son and he was saying on the Besties, like, when he started playing it, his son hadn't really done anything in the 3D space either or, like, played any sort of 3D platforming game. He said by the end of it, like, he said, one of my favourite moments of gaming ever, he said, was beating the final boss in, like, the arena tournament mode with his son and, like, them jumping off the That's couch cool. and just, like, shouting and cheering. And, like, I didn't have that level because he's still young, but, like, just watching him sort of interact with it and be like... Oh, you can see, like, the, yes. the little the little yeah, first moments of cute. loving video games... Start to appear, which is really cool. Yeah, I I hate Absolutely. that. And I'm going to cap that, game's perfect cap that particular nominee off yep. by calling Kirby the the champion of the Gluck Gluck Nine Thousand. But let's move on. <laughs> oh, oh. Speaking of blowing things, Trombone Champ um, came out of nowhere. Now, have who here has played Trombone Champ? I have not. I haven't. Cool. Who here have laughed their it. fucking pants off to Trombone Champion? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah guilty. I watched yeah. so For those who are unaware, Trombone Champ, very simple game. Um, think like a horizontal guitar hero where you play a trombone. So all you do is you press down on your, on your mouse and you, you scroll it up and down to follow the certain lines on the screen to, to play a trombone. Um, you have Aww. like you have like a little like <laughs> me character that plays along, and you have little prompts that come and say "great" or "my favorite" is "nasty." I watched one <laughs> of a guy earnestly try and play because a bunch of people are making fan edits now and like fan songs, playing "Cruel Angel Thesis" from oh Evangelion. <laughs> Holy shit! And I was Perfect. in Fuck. hysterics. Like tears streaming Do- down my face because of the earnestness in it and the background like so-, so you know when you get like karaoke how the song will play yeah. and you'll have random background images second yeah. only to a bowling yeah. a strike at, a, at, a, at an old bowling alley and they play that weird video and it's like a forest and then a city and then a woman eating yogurt it's that and it is one of the most bizarre and jarring things I've ever seen it is that's utterly, fantastic I had that's utter enjoyment so I had that same experience, except the song was In the End by Linkin Park. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yes. 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 <laughs> There's so many songs that fit the, this. I know. Even with the song, even the, with the songs that are included, like it reminded me how much the song Old Grey Mare makes me fucking <laughs> laugh because it reminds me of The Simpsons. Old oh, Grey Mare. Because it fucking ruins me. And then, so there's that layer of it. And then you have the layer of the game itself being just ridiculous. And like, it's not working against you, but it is difficult enough where it's like, 
it's way more funny and funnier if you fuck it up completely. And it's just. <laughs> and then when the word nasty comes, oh, and also but to be, oh, when somebody's playing a really so heartfelt good. song and you have the air horn that bam, 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 so good. There is, the game doesn't do much, but what it does, it does so perfectly. It it doesn't it's tickle so your funny good. bone. It fucking kicks it. Okay, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now, yep. Moving to our last game of the, the this particular category, a game that has. has Taken Joel, Kyron, and myself hostage. Marvel Snap is yeah. so good. Field Runners may have competition as it may be my favorite mobile game ever made. It's I, I've had a bit of a break from it, but yeah, I can't deny. I did how an back. I made a new deck, is. and my deck is so good. So that's good. my. My biggest pitch for why this game is a, probably one of the biggest surprises this, is, this year is I genuinely I don't like card games and I hate deck building, but I love Marvel Snap. Yeah, <laughs> and we're talking about whatever it, it just makes a click and I get it and I love it now. Yeah, something that really it works distills is, it down into a pure form. Exactly, yeah. and it's helped by the, everyone's familiarity with these characters and the fact that their abilities suit the character. They 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 yeah. they, they they fit contextually. That you feel a connection with them, and then when you start to string them together, everyone I know has their own deck, and everyone I know is very protective of their deck. Their deck is yep. the best one, but you're wrong, dear listener, because mine is you fucks. Okay, my <laughs> deck. When Jesse, PvP Jesse, comes you're... open, I'm gonna kick Kevin Feige in the face with my deck. I don't give a shit. Okay. Hey, Jesse, you're not in a position to sort of like tell about like how precious you are about your deck when you consistently keep dripping stuff on it. So, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> He's got you there. Touché. Joel, that was good. <laughs> quick, I'm uh, not uh, Avatar, quick, quick. <laughs> it's the suit. I need to wear this every day of my life now. It's. It's making me, it's giving me power you, in life. Use its power sparingly, okay? Lest it consume you. <laughs> Lest it consume you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm glad the podcast has a motto on the last episode. Um, but no, for, for, for a game that you can play on your phone, it is free. There's no ads to it. I've never played a, get a mobile game that you can stop between 30 and 60 frames per second, okay? Playing this in 60 yep. frames per second mode is a trip it is very it's cool beautiful. it's different every time it runs it runs like a dream again a very simplistic game um when it comes to like the actual gameplay mechanics of it uh but the characters they run deep really interesting constant updates i think the um the monetization part is very poorly skewed but you don't need yeah. to do it at any point so there are some things that cost you like a, over a hundred bucks to do, but yeah, no one's but doing it, them. There's no need to. It, oh, no, but the thing is, though, it, it's getting to the point where it's like it is very easily tempting people, I think, more so because there are – it's not pay to win, but like you can get this particular variant of a card that you don't have yet. But so essentially you're buying that card. The good thing is – it's this weird grey area of, of things, especially as it goes on. But While the variants are interesting, I think they, they recently introduced a new like gem system or something like or a coin system. So you the token easily, system. The token system. Yeah. So you can easily buy variants in the store um, and they rotate through. But I'm also finding, look, 
every card has multiple variants. It isn't like there's one basic one and one cool one. There's, I've seen, you know, five or six different carnages at this point. And yes, yeah. some of them you have to pay for, some of them you have to do this and that and get the battle pass for. But the ones I've got are sick. And I didn't pay anything for yeah, them. I love so like, I'm like, I'm, I'm cool with this. Like, I don't necessarily want a pixel art one. I just want one that looks cool. And it, it worked. The, the, also, just a shout out to the balancing of this game. Because I've seen so many people use completely different decks. Where it's like a discard deck or a multiplier deck. They all work in their own time. And then you have the different locations. And they oh, highly recommend. So, let's move on. Pop your votes in for biggest now, surprise of 2022. Now, did you say before that you messed up how we... Because sh- I've been voting like seven for the one I want to win. Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's correct. There. That's correct. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. Which is something you would want to keep in mind because we're about to do Game of the Year. Now, a few of the games <laughs> we've spoken about, we won't go through them again because let's face it, this episode's gone for 14 hours. I think there's only <laughs> one we haven't spoken about. There's only yeah. one game that we haven't spoken about. Oh, no, there's only one. I know that because it was one of my submissions for another category. Game but, yeah. of the year, 2022, our 10, 10 nominations. Now, there are a bunch of games I wish could have made onto, onto this list. Immortality, Playtale, so-and-so with Kirby. There are so many games that could have made it to this list, but we had to cut it down. Signalis, Elden Ring, Tunic, God of War Ragnarok, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Vampire Survivors, Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet, Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, and Marvel Snap. Now, I think of all these games, the only one we haven't spoken to about at length is is Neon White, which we'll speak about in a moment, and then we'll get to the debate, Kyron. Now... (laughs) This is what this has all been gearing up for, by the way, guys. There's been... Sort of quiet I, Dragon Ball Z style I'm powering up going on. I'm drunk, Jin, <laughs> and I'm in it to win. Now, Neon White, let's start with this first. Joel, you pop this one on the list. Neon White is a game I've heard a lot about from you, but please tell yeah. us a bit about it. So, Neon White, um, a game I haven't finished yet, and I got to a little bit later in the in, in the in the game, but I'd seen a lot of people talk about it. Um, it's the latest game from Ben Esposito of Donut County fame. Um, it's nothing oh. like Donut oh. County. Just, let's just say that. <laughs> it is nothing like Donut County, except for the fact that it takes a like a core idea and expands upon it in a, a really fascinating way. So this is um, it, this is a game built for speedrunning. Like it is unapologetically a speedrunning game. In fact, I would call it its own genre of game, which is a speedrunning or part of a, a, the genre of games that, that is a speedrunning game. I was going to call it a, like Basically, what I've seen. It's like a stylish runner because you want to do things fast, yeah. but the way to do things fast is to do things cool. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's a first-person sort of like puzzle platformer in a way, like shooter. Um, basically, you, you, you. There is a storyline that's told through like visual novel segments. A lot of people don't really click with that, and I get it. It's it's fine. It's there, and it it is entertaining, to say the least. Um, but you are like uh, this character who's um in like at the gates of heaven basically and with a whole bunch of other people and basically or you're in purgatory you're basically trying to be like sorted into heaven or hell 
Um, and there's like one spot in heaven and you compete in these, these like time trials essentially to, to get into heaven. One person gets let in or back into the world of the living, I think, with something like that. Anyway, it's very convoluted and very silly and, and, and not nonsensical, but, you know, it's there. Um, but the meat and potatoes of it is it's first person, you're running through these stages, you've got weapons that you pick up that are in the form of cards, so you can fire those weapons that have all have different, like, ammunition, like uh, uh, levels of ammunition, uh, or you can discard them to do an, uh, use an ability. So say I think one of them is like a pistol, but if you um, discard it, it gives you like an extra jump. So you get a double jump or a triple jump, um, depending on how many cards you're holding on to. So you're trying to get through all these levels as quickly as you can. Uh, on top of that, once you finish a level, because um, you've got to clear all the enemies in the level before the, the, the end portal will open, um, they're all in position, so they're, they're not moving around um, to a degree. Like Some of them move up and down sometimes, but like... For the most part, they're in the one spot and they're always in the one spot. It's not randomized or anything like that. So it really, again, plays into that speed running thing. Um, but once you've beat the level uh, and you get a, a particular um, medal for it, 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 it'll unlock, depending on your time and what medal you've unlocked, it'll unlock things like you can find a gift in that level now that you can use to unlock more dialogue options. Great name for a podcast. Um, hey and, and choices. <laughs> And choices with um, the, the other characters in this world. and um, Or it'll unlock a, a ghost that will show you, um, like, different, like, shortcuts through the through that level, but that particular level that you can get a better time and get that better medal. Um, it's – there is something about it that is so addictive and, and it just keeps you coming back for more. Um, and I said before about um, I can't remember what it was that I was talking about. One, Ollie Ollie World being like just one more, just one more run, just one more run. Um, the the few weeks I, I spent with Neon White was very much that. Um, I, it's on PC and Switch. Um, it came to PlayStation, actually, but it's a bit buggy. I think but it needs some patches. It's it's not too bad on Switch in terms of performance. It runs very well. Like I was concerned about it. I had a friend who who had bought it and played it and was like, "Nah, it's it works really well, and it does." Because um, you don't need pinpoint accuracy for the most part. Like it's not you're not like sniping people from across the map. You can do that, and it is beneficial for you to do that sometimes. Um, but it's I don't know. It is very very fun. Ben Esposito has this way of making taking like a core game mechanic or idea and just expanding upon it and making it so fun to play um, that, yeah, I feel, I felt like it needed, it needed a shout out somewhere. So um, yeah, neon white, definitely check it out. All right. Let's face it. Every other game is playing for third position, aren't they? <laughs> Kyron. <laughs> oh boy. Team Ring. Joel and Simon, you guys can go take a piss now if you need to. Okay, mum and dad are about to have a fight. <laughs> Tempted. Okay. I'm having, a, we'll get away, I'm having flashbacks to my youth. It's Christmas time and my parents are about to have an argument. Okay. <laughs> Kyron versus Jesse. God of War, Ragnarok versus Elden Ring. Kyron, tell me why Elden Ring is... I'm going to assume your game of the year. So, so all right. I could edit this all I'm out. I'm, I am fighting for Elden Ring. <laughs> I want to be very clear. My personal game of the year is Signalis. But in, 
when I oh, look at well, this fuck list, this. Fuck this. You heard it here first. But we are voting for the, the story mode gaming game of the year. And therefore, I must pick my side and fight for it. And I know as much as I love Signalis, it's not going to get many votes. So therefore, I must throw my lot in with Elden Ring, a game that dominated the conversation and my life for a solid two or three months in a way that has not happened with a video game since Breath of the Wild. And much like Breath of the Wild, it dominated it for the exact same reasons. And one of the things I will always love about a video Breath game is just part. being able to talk to someone about it. And they can tell me some incredibly insane thing that they did that I was just like, what? <laughs> that's, that's a thing? That's an area? That's an enemy? That's a boss? And... I don't know. Just seeing it from software, every time they do a new game and just taking the bits that work best for what they just did and be like, let's just, just chuck it in there. And to see Elden Ring sort of be like the complete amalgamation of that, of like all the shit they've done is just, it makes me so happy. It's got Dark Souls in there. It's got Bloodborne in there. It's got Sekiro in there. It's got everything. And it's just, it is the peak of what From Software have been working towards. And it is a 10 out of 10 video game. No question. So you found the secret area in the secret area in the secret area? I went all or the way down to the Harley tree that? and I stomped Melania <laughs> into the fucking ground. Melania! Let me show her. my favorite things. Look, I agree. I, I, I'm not a Souls fan at all. And I was iffy about even getting Elden Ring. And I think, Karen, you're one of the people who, who convinced me to, to pick it up. I picked it up day one. And I fell into that game like I've I've not fallen into games like that often. Okay, I was enamored by it. The fact that it, I've played Bloodborne before, I've played Dark Souls before, and I, I bounce off them pretty quickly. They're not for me. I'm not going to force myself to play them. The way that Elden Ring actually changed me as a gamer to the point where I'm going to be playing uh, Sekiro soon, and I'm getting back into Bloodborne. I'm going to play them properly. Yeah, it has genuinely changed me. The yes. first, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be I'm gonna be generous here. We got him. The first eighty-five percent of the game. <laughs> first eighty-five percent of the game, a perfection. Like I, I literally didn't think the games could do what Elden Ring did. The way that it it opened itself up. It said, "Do what you want. Learn lessons the hard way, but also we're not gonna punish you. You can you can leave this area and go do your own thing." However, it's, there is a there is a massive risk and reward. Do you want to drop you need to drop your runes here? Do you want to get them back? Yada yada yada. However, and this actually this genuinely hurt me to say, because I remember joking with Keelan at the start of the year that when we did game of the game of the year award, I was gonna call it the second the second game of the year award. Because nothing was gonna be out be out in ring <laughs> until I played the end. The ending of that game. I know it's become a bit of a joke between us all. It hurt. Because it wasn't what it was. It became what a Dark Souls game is. Or, you know, it became more linear. And I found the final few and the final few bosses. I have a, I have a fully strength-based build because I'm a basic bitch. Capital B on basic and bitch, okay? But I have a purely strength-based build. I have that big Game of Thrones throne sword in the one with all the different blades in it yeah yeah and trying to fight certain enemies at the end it's just like it punishes you with and when the game you punished me at the start it was i was learning lessons 
this one just punished me for the sake of it. It, it, it. it was basically the game saying, you've picked the wrong path to go down. We gave you every path to go down. We gave you an open world to explore and do whatever you want. You picked the hard one. If you were like a magic build or more like a more agile build, this would be easier. It would be a bit more realistic, really, to do. And I, I found it was just... It it broke me a little bit. And then, you know, you obviously get to... Asm crumbling a story or whatever the fuck it is. Okay, it sounds like a goddamn Panther disco song. But you get to that area and it's shit. It's linear. The, the enemies are boring. There's a very little lore there. And the environment itself is, is lacking. The snow area, I've gone on about it. And while it is better than, than crumbling fucking Azeroth or whatever it's called, um, it doesn't have the same vibe as some of the castles that you did at the start of the game, which, which were entire games within themselves. So while, the, while it taught me what a game could be, and I think it's an absolute masterclass in, in creating a world, I think there's a whole debate to be had whether it should have been in the narrative category in Game of the uh, game, the, game Awards 2022. The narrative structure and stuff like that is a debate in it within itself. But I created such a narrative internally. My character had its own lore that was kind of personal to me. And the adventure they went on was my own adventure. That the ending just fucking twisted a knife me. It, it, it really... Beyond me just taking the piss out of the game, any other year, this has been my game of the year, that end, the ending few bits beats just fucking killed me. I will. I will accept that you know you can. You, you're not. You don't dig the the ruins, the crumbling ruins of um, Azula, Farah Azula. But I have to say, I feel like the reason they did that with the snow area is once you head north, you see first of all the desolation and how just barren it is, and it really sinks in that that decision that you're making to go and kill that last fire giant to go light the kiln. It's like he, here's the last one. You're going to kill him. He's going to rip his own leg off and try to kill you with it. With but you are going to kill him. I go with a dick. But, like, I agree with that. <laughs> However, like, when it comes to, like, pure destruction and just carnage, Caleb did that. But kept law, kept structure, kept what made the game good and interesting. Had some annoying bird and dog enemies. That was... Sh- Fucking, they were fucking awesome and terrifying. Fucking, they fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. Until you, until you came back and started absolutely just whipping their ass. The scenario just didn't have that. I, I, I was shocked how, for me personally at least, how sharply the game slammed the brakes at the end. See, I think maybe I, I didn't have as much of a problem with it because I do love Dark Souls. So when yeah. it got a bit more linear and started like, like stomping me, I'm like, all right, here we go. This is like, we're in Endgame now. Um, so yeah, again, maybe that's why I'm not seeing it from that same angle, just because I was just like, sign me up, let's go. On the flip side, God of War is actually a game that I thought was going to be shit. I, I kept this to myself, okay? Whenever we spoke about God of War, God of War 2018 is, on its day, my favourite game, okay? I made the fucking axe from it. It had a genuine impact on me as a person, like, I've tried to become a better person since playing their game. Okay? Because I saw, like... Uh, mixed results. Mixed results, but, you know... No, working on <laughs> it. One of us is trying, Simon. Get, okay? Get there, get Kratos there. is still working And now I'm Simon. I'm a, I'm a right dickhead. 
perfect. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good at that. But I was worried that that the sequel wouldn't be able to stick the landing because how do you, how do you how do you measure up to a game that reinvented itself? Because part of the shock of 2018 was the reinvention, and that was part of its 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 charm. And and what the reason I loved it is I knew what it was. Now I know what it's become. The sequel to it, Ragnarok, couldn't be a reinvention of 2018. It had to be a continuation of it. So it lost that quote-unquote shock value. Somehow they did it. They wrote the story. And the more I play it, the more I'm thinking, do I like this more than 2018? And I might. They introduced a bunch of characters that they were able to flesh out, that added context to the story. They made... Atreus, a likable character, which, holy shit, <laughs> well done. Kratos' story is, I think, one of the greatest, if not the best character arc in gaming. And it dawned on me a few days ago, I don't even cry at funerals. But I know in the next game, I think Kratos will die in the next game. And I will yeah. cry because I've seen his journey. And just the weight of the writing and everything the writing, the performances, the music, we've gone on about them. But also, you know, the development of the realms. We've seen how the realms, these recognizable areas that I know back to front have changed in time. These other characters like Sindri and Brock have changed with time. Characters that I, I already know, like Freya and, and you know, I, you kind of know a little bit about Tia. How different they are. It all melded so perfectly well. There's one area in the game I didn't love. I didn't love the anger boat stuff. It went for t- way too long. Way, it, it went way for long, too long. A long, long time. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like, every time I thought this game had reached a new kind of pinnacle, it upped the game. And then it gets to the ending. And I won't give too much away, but those ending few sequences were like... Epic on yeah. steroids. I didn't think the game could do that. The the revamped versions of these games have always been a little bit more subdued than the original God of War 1, 2, and 3. The ending of Ragnarok dwarves anything in those games. And not just the ending. Oof, I won't even get into it. We're going to do a whole episode on it, I think. But for that reason, I, I think because the game was... It may not have hit the heights of Elden Ring. It may not have personally completely changed my view of games like Elden Ring did. It was consistent and stuck the landing. And I'm yeah. I, I Elden Ring two when it comes out will shit all over every fucking game that comes out that year. Okay, I am confident. I don't care if Jack Four, Control Two, and and, and God of War <laughs> Three come out. Okay, Odin's Revenge. I don't care they all come out in the same year. Elden Ring 2 will be better than them. I think, look, 75% of Elden Ring is better than Ragnarok, but that last 24% drags a little bit down. Ragnarok was consistent. It's a really good story. Oh, it has a really good story. Sometimes playing the game sucks, but the story is really good. I kind of got- Hey, by the way, here's how you solve this puzzle. Yeah, that, sorry, that just had been a moment. That, yeah. I wasn't sure. I'm not going to harp on that too much, but I do hate that. <laughs> just like walking into an area, and be like, "All right, let's yeah, solve the puzzle." Other than Elden Ring goes, was like, that. "There's like, no puzzle here. Fuck you." Elden Ring's like, "Elden Ring, there's a puzzle here." Ah, me fucking no. 
<laughs> what do the notes say? Hidden wall. I bet it's not. Tink, it wasn't. Fuck. I think, no. In, uh, in, I in God know, of War, like, like, there's like an area like, oh, there's a puzzle here. It's like, okay, cool. In Elden Ring, you kind of look at Miyazaki, he's, he's taking his belt off. He's like, don't fucking look at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but no seriously though i i do one of the it's only so when I, i've been really trying to i want to i don't want to sound like i hate ragnarok i love ragnarok son of a but bitch. when i'm son of I'm a trying bitch. to pick my game of a year kratos went on an amazing incredible journey in ragnarok but in elden ring i did it was me i did all that stuff and i don't know as i as i did some of the extra stuff from ragnarok i realized how much i hated backtracking i hated hauling Kratos' slow ass around the map. Sometimes the he's combat... old. I know he's old, but he's also a god. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes the combat... I There's a weapon that changed it completely, and that completely refreshed my take on it. But oh, yeah. I did sort of fall into the motions yep. in the early segments, and I don't know. I don't know. It's just, as a story, it's it's immaculate and beautiful and definitely moved me. But as a game... That side of it sort of fell off for me as I got further into it. So I don't know. That's that's where that's where I've drawn the line for me personally. All right. Lads, let's get our votes in. Are they all are we all we all done? <laughs> yeah, I've, done. I've put my votes in. Yep. Karen? Oh, I haven't put my votes in yet. Yeah, I was I was too busy in investing myself in that discussion. Let me just really quickly do that. <laughs> I actually changed mine just then. Ooh, oh my. Ooh interesting. Could this be the end of dialogue options? Stay tuned as I quickly <laughs> input all these numbers. If now, I remember while we're loading this up, Simon and Joel, I can actually see if you're in this still. Can you please close the window? Not this window that we're okay. in, but can you close, <laughs> can you close the sheet? And Kyle, oh. when you're done, can you please close the sheet? I will not be continuing until I see you're all out of it. No problem. I'm just all right. out. I'm out of here. Out. All done. We're going to wrap up our game awards. It's past midnight. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Is, I've drunk dinner, so, though. I can tell you that much. Right. Um, that should hopefully have saved. I'm going to press X now. Well, actually, no, let's, just press, let's go back to home. Does it say that I'm out of it? Yep, you're all out. All right. I'm just going to view this. Um, before I do, let's uh, say, Karen, Joel, Simon, pleasure. Okay. Friendships may be ruined Always. at this point. Kyron. It's um <laughs> could get could get bad. Could get brutal. Bad, okay. So our winner of best performance with a perfect score. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Judge as Kratos. Congratulations. God of War. Of course. By uh Danielle Nicole Basidi as Freya in God of War. And then we have uh Fiona Ray. Um, for, as Jay from We Are OFK nice. for best indie Melbourne's own Cult of the Lamb is our winner for the year uh, followed well closely by Signalis uh, sorry yeah Signalis and then Vampire Survivors closely after that it's a good top best three best score that's slash great. yeah that, that's a solid that's a top very, three that. that is the top three I wanted um, <laughs> God of War Ragnarok <laughs> has taken away our winner for uh, our award sorry for best score slash music let's, let's, let's hope it's not its last win for the night uh, followed closely by Elden Ring in its in its uh, second place where it belongs and uh, after that uh, a draw between We Are Ooh. OK and Metal Hellsinger 
Oh, that, wow. That's, oh. A, that's a good group. The two, a good draw. The two games I Love actually it. changed the category to include music for. Good stuff, good stuff. Nice. Hidden Gem. Yeah. Uh, with uh, 21 votes. Hidden Gem. Karen, Signalis, baby. We did it, baby. You <laughs> did it. Congratulations, did it. Rose Engine. You did it. Uh, followed by Nobody Saves the World. And then we have another yeah. draw. Excellent. Chained Echoes and Oli Oli World. Oh, Biggest ooh, surprise. Oh, fuck. This is genuinely okay. It's a draw. Is this genuinely it's surprising? A draw. A draw. Um, between ooh. Signalis and Pokemon Legends Arceus. What a really? <laughs> Very consistently, everyone's middle pick. <laughs> Arceus was. <laughs> um, right. Yep. Pays off. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. sorry, sorry. I've done yeah. that wrong. I've done that wrong. I've done that wrong. I've done that wrong. Oh. I apologize. Our winner is actually Marvel Snap. That sounds Marvel that, Snap. That makes okay. sense. Okay. That, that, makes that sense. makes sense. And then we actually have a three way tie for, th- for second <laughs> Signalis, Pokemon Legend Arceus, and Trombone Champ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, closely behind we have Kirby the and of the Golden Land. All right, I'm going to go through the next ones one by one. I'm going to leave Elden Ring and I'm going to leave God of War to last. Okay, let's, let's face it, we're playing for third you, place here. Now, killer, remember, you already know. You already know. Remember, the winner has the highest score here. Okay, and the top possible score you can get in this particular category, would be a 40. 40 would be your the highest score. The old for Mitsu. All right, yep. Signalis, 20. Uh, Tunic, 20. Xenoblade Chronicles, nice. 17. Vampire Survivors are a very respectable 23. Deserves higher. Deserves higher. Recount. Recount. <laughs> Stop the count. Stop, Stop the, the count. count. Stop the count. Pokemon yeah. Skull and Violet Stop 13. That deserves higher, I reckon. I Cult of the Lamb. Well, like. you know, welcome to democracy, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Cult of the Lamb, 25. Neon White, 12. Marvel Snap, 20. So at this point... Our third, pro- look, look, I'm assuming here, I'm going to assume that Ragnarok and Elden Ring got more votes. But at the moment, our bronze <laughs> our bronze medalist is Melbourne's own Cult of the Lamb, which makes it really, hey, makes hey, it really hey, happy. Hey, That's a really good shit. Black. That's a good, um, good chap. Yeah, no, good stuff. All right, Simon, you can pick. What are we going to pick first, Elden Ring or God of War Ragnarok? Uh, I feel like God of War Ragnarok has taken second. So all right, all right, okay, okay, okay. Give- now, mind you, listeners at home, I can't see this. I am, I am, I am, uh, whiting out the background on um, Google Sheet as we speak. God of War Ragnarok in the category of Game of the Year 2022 walked away with 34 votes out of a possible 40. 34 votes that is 11 more than the third place cult of the lamb Elden ring we get a drum roll please Elden ring game of the year 2022 walking away with a prestigious story mode gaming game of the year award 
36 varts. Outer Ring <laughs> is the Stormboard Gaming game of the year. They're followed follow closely by God of War Ragnarok and, of course, Melbourne's own Cult of the Lamb. A perfect trilogy wow. of games. Incredible games. Three of the best. Yeah. Three of the games I enjoyed the most this year. I'm actually surprised Marvel Snap didn't get a little bit higher, but that's just me. Well done. Elden Ring. Um, I just want to come up here and I want to thank Bill Clinton. Got to stay on brand, you guys. Stay on brand. Well, I say, I do. I love Ragnarok. I love Ragnarok. Joel, I do. I just had to be a bit mean. I'm curious, Joel. Did I overplay my hand? Did you change your vote to Elden Ring because of me? <laughs> Actually, it was the other Simon, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Hey, I'm hey, Simon. I, actually, I don't, I don't like <laughs> Ellen, uh, fucking for, Ragnarok. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, um, yeah, Elden I'm Ring. Voting here. Took, I'm going to see what everyone voted for here. My third spot, and I think God of War was. I've, I gave it. A, I gave it the sixth out of ten. I gave it six points out of ten. I believe. So okay. Elden Ring went nine. 10, 9, 8. Got a warrant. 10, 8, 10, 6. <laughs> the 6 yeah. killed it. I got you. They did. Great. That's All why great I was games. quietly confident that Elden <laughs> Ring glad took the win there. Because because um, <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. 2D Elden Ring that it is. <laughs> Can we just, like, for a second, though, like, we got Elden Ring and Ragnarok in the same year. That's bananas. And also, that's, another game that were, we didn't mention they book, here. They bookended the because end. Yeah, yeah. So the time for it is um, Last of Us 1 Remake. It didn't really fall into, yeah, it didn't really yeah. fall into any categories because I've played it before. But like, we this year has been pretty fucking good. It's in bonkers. And can you imagine what next year? Like, next year we're going to do the same, the same room and it's like chess so boxing. We're going to read the category so and Kyra and I were going to fist fight. I mean, what are we doing next year with Breath of the Wild 2 and Final Fantasy 16? I'm going right to have the wettest penis. Um, hey. I am going to weep quietly <laughs> in the corner. It's for days. And, and just also, don't forget, Simon, they were within nearly a month of each other. I know. And also, whenever Sea of Stars comes out, yep. Baldur's Gate 3 yep. is confirmed for full release. Um, Let's we've got- hang on to that. Incredible games like Gunbrella oh, coming up. Hold like, up. Oh. Hold on to that. Hold, dry your gunpowder out, okay? Because we'll be talking about the games of 2023. When we come back, yes, we are taking a short break. We'd never take these short breaks, but my word, am I fucking tired. Okay, so... <laughs> you mean? It's only 12, 11, 11 did it past 12. All right. We're going to be coming oh, back. We're taking a few weeks off. We're going to be coming back uh, January 10th. We are first uh, episode back. We are going to be changing a little bit of what Stormbird Gaming is. Um, as you know, we have recently become part of the Karen and Joel. Dialog Options, one of the best podcasts you're going to hear. They're going to be focusing more on video games. Stormbird Podcast, going to change what it is a little bit. But we'll still be supplying you with all sorts of news and goose. Goose. That didn't rhyme. Doesn't fucking matter. You keep Please stop gooing all over the podcast. You keep drinking from that copper wet cup. Tip. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. wet tip. <laughs> um, look, before we do wrap up everything, I just want to thank everyone who's been a part of Stone Road Gaming this year. Um, Felix, Adam, Lauren, Lorne, Sean, Chris, fucking our guest. We've had Damo, Clarky, Owen, 
Kyron, Joel, Simon, you guys, okay. Um, Me, I'm Kyron. It is, you are Kyron. Um, <laughs> what? You, ha- you haven't, it's past midnight and you, ha- I am you haven't turned to a pumpkin after midnight, okay? No, I, you don't know, my, my brain has, don't worry, yeah, it's gone. I mean, you did very far. It's because it's not very far out in Rio Vella 1. So there's still we're, three we're, hours. Oh, wait, but that controls my concept of time? Oh, fuck. <laughs> we do now. I want to thank everyone who's made Story Mode Gaming what it is this year. We, look, we went independent this year. We, we started our own thing. Again, want to thank Fan Critic for all the time they were supporting us. Um, but we're on our adding our own. We're that little that little boat out at sea. Okay, so please, if you you mean like Dredge, like Dredge, game of the year. Um, if you like what we do and you want to help support us grow into bigger and better things in 2023, please tell your friends about us. Subscribe to our podcast. Shoot us a like. Shoot us a comment. Shoot us a follow. Anything, anything and everything. Any, any support genuinely means the world for for us. Um, as I mentioned a few times. Uh, dialogue option and story mode video game podcasts are on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcasting platforms. But the biggest thing at the moment is on Spotify, you can now give podcast reviews. Um, so please give us a five star review. Uh, I'll kiss you gently right on the forehead. <laughs> I was going to give me this really concerned look. On the we don't have a HR department, yeah. but I feel like we need to report you anyway. I'll say it. I'll say it. On the freshly dripped penis, what? it's fine. <laughs> What's the kiss of the penis between friends? <laughs> and what a way to end the year. Um, no. Again, just want to thank everyone for, for, for tuning in. Anyone who's jumped to our Twitch at twitch.tv for slash Stormont AUS. Confession Code Gaming. You're in the tw- Twitch chat right now. You've been with us since fucking the Jurassic Park stream day. So thank you very much, buddy. Um, but yeah, that's, that's us. Again, if you want to follow us, see what we're doing. There's going to be a lot of changes being announced soon. So follow us at on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Hive. It's back, baby. At story mode a us give us a follow um, and you'll be first to know about all the the exciting things we have coming in the new year you can find me if you'd like to on the socials at jesse spanner joel where can they find you you can find me at jolly matt you can find me at lemon man x and you can direct all your complaints to simon at Elon Musk. <laughs> We've used that joke before. <laughs> at Keelan. Absolutely. I know I had to. I, yeah. Uh, at Cy421. Fantastic. Um, Byron, Joel, Simon, thanks for this year. It's been, been a, it's been a pleasure. It's been nah, an honor. Thank, thank you. you for having us. It's been, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. it's been wild. It's been, it's been <laughs> fucked yeah. up. Packs. And, and next year's going to be better. Wrecked. And okay. <sighs> now let's go sleep for two weeks and platinum so God of War. Oh. God, yes. no, we have we have a bunch of things. Love letters is returning next year. There's gonna be a bunch more stuff on our YouTube. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. It's Story Mode Gaming. You can just search for it. We're there. You can you can actually see our faces sometimes. It's fine. They're yeah. they're fine. Um, Shout out to Wrecked. But <laughs> everyone who's support us here, everyone who's listening, everyone who's listening right now, we're on our stream. Da, da, da. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Play some games, and we'll catch you next year. Bye. 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 Bye.